Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 104 of Wrestle Life Radio, also known as my farewell episode. That's right. Although I will not be gone permanently, I will be gone until Braun Strowman drops the title to Bray Wyatt. So I will see you guys in hopefully about four weeks, but we'll see. Of course, you can still check me out on Indie Focus. I will be doing all of the pay-per-view episodes, uh, which I believe there'll be one in between because I'm absolutely not missing Double or Nothing because of stupid Braun Strowman ruining my fun. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Carrie. Carrie? Who's Carrie? Oh, excuse me. I'm here with B-dubs, my beautiful wife, Carol. There you go. Get it right. Carrie is my other girlfriend. I call her Carrie all the time. And of course, I'm here with my little brother, Micah. Say hi, Micah. Hello. No, you gotta do it, man. It's been like three whole episodes since you've done it. The t-shirt sales are tanking because you're you're not giving the people what they want. What does Excalibur say to, to Trent and Chuck Taylor? You gotta give the people... What they want. In the words of Chris Jericho, that was a dumb idea by Bad Creative. So we're moving on. <laughs> the gimmick is dead. <laughs> the gimmick is dead. Oh my gosh. So we're, we're here to tell you about AEW Dynamite, which feels like about 16 years ago. And we were talking about that before we started. Mike is like, man, I had to pull up my notes. It's been so long. And like, I also pulled up notes and I pulled them up. I pulled someone else's notes up. And so I pulled up on a website to... to uh, Check the results, and I see John Moxley sitting there with his title against the spray painted wall. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what? Like that was so long ago." It was, and, a, it was a week. And did you call your grandmother? I did call my grandma. I called both my grandmothers actually. So. I called my I called my grandmother yesterday just because John <laughs> yeah. Moxley told me to. I was afraid he would show up in my house in Alabama. <laughs> so he, he might do it too. He's unhinged. <laughs> But yes, so I, I did call my grandmother. It was Mother's Day, so I called both of them. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about some wrestling tonight. WWE Raw, AEW Dynamite. But before we do, and we do have a guest here, so I think Chris can take the night off. B Dubs, would you like to give us your best this day in wrestling history? All right, but I have my own way of doing this. Okay, I'm not gonna step on Chris's toes. Okay. So we're gonna do the we're gonna do the Fraser version. The Fraser version. The Fraser version. <laughs> okay, go for it. This day in wrestling history. It's pretty good. I like it. I like it. It's very original. Very different. So, on this day, May the thirteenth, eighteen years ago. That's right, eighteen. There was a match that should have happened twenty years before that. And it happened about 18,000 times in WCW. But only one time did these two guys meet in a WWF ring that was nationally televised. And those two men are Hollywood Hulk Hogan and the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. That's right. That's the only time. Doesn't that blow your mind? Yeah, that's really crazy. I figured they had all kinds of matches, but... No. Now, did Flair wrestle regular Hulk Hogan at any point? Well, this was, it was red and yellow Hulk Hogan, but they were just uh, calling him Hollywood. Okay. It was so lame I, Hulk Hogan. I think this was the, this was the time where Marvel was suing WWF or something over the name Hulk. I don't remember. I didn't know that. That's so, yeah. Also, it this seems, day, it seems like something Vince McMahon would do. Yeah, exactly. 
And also this day, 13 years ago, TNA drops the NWA from its name and becomes just TNA, no longer NWA TNA. They still carried the NWA title for a few years, though, didn't they? Uh, not not then, no. They did it for about four years, and they set up a storyline, and they they uh, brought in their own titles. Hmm. Yeah, I guess 13 years ago, yeah. That's about the time that I was watching. Yeah. About the time we were going to the events. Because so. yeah. I remember they had the NWA title, and I was like, but they're not called the NWA. I don't understand. I'm seven. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't understand. I'm seven. <laughs> that, was, that was a long, long time ago. But yeah. let's let's jump into dynamite because I'm so excited. But here's the problem: like I'm so excited to talk about dynamite, but I'm dreading that in about half an hour we're going to be talking about WWE Raw because oh my gosh, was this a tale of two companies, a tale of two shows, a tale of two drastically different forms of entertainment, even though they should be basically the same. This is not Coke and Pepsi. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Star Wars and some weird Chinese knockoff. That is what this is. Because, oh my gosh, these two shows were as different as different could be. It's, they were it, both It's kind of like Star Wars and Star Wars, right? Yeah, they, they were both entertaining in their own right. No, stop hating on Star Wars. They were all good. They, they were both entertaining in their Fire. own right. All right. It's like Star Wars and the Star Wars Christmas special. Okay. There we go. There we, there we go. go. Ooh, man. that's that's That, that cuts deep. It kind of was, though. <laughs> I, hot take from Carol here. But <laughs> AEW was entertaining because it was just an amazing, well-written show with talented performers who entertained by putting on great matches and wonderful comedic relief. WWE was great this week because it was so obnoxiously stupid that it made me want to turn off my television. So it was great because I won't be on the show for four more weeks, and I do not have to watch it. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not watching any of Raw and SmackDown while I'm off. I'm going to watch Dynamite every week. I'm not watching any of Raw and SmackDown. No, I'm doing it. Not happening. I'm going to give a little bit of spoiler alert. Okay. I, actually, I actually thought this week's Raw was pretty good. You did not. I did. I thought it was an hour too long, but I thought it was pretty good. (laughs) Did you watch it on Hulu? I did not. I actually watched the full thing. You watched the whole thing. I did. Well, now I am excited to watch it, or I am excited to talk about it, because I'm excited to hear what Micah has to say. But before we get to that, let's talk about the show that all three of us loved, and what might be, other than AEW's opening episode, the greatest no-fan show since no-fans has been a thing. This week's AEW Dynamite. I don't know if we can completely call it a no fan show. There's definitely some random people there. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they were like, they were like family. Of yeah, I don't know if it workers. was like Tony Khan's like extended family or something. But I was like, who yeah. are these kids? They're not on staff. Why are they yeah. here? They might be some of the staff. That's the cameraman's son. That's the caterer's daughter. It's that true. Kind of thing. School is closed. Where are they supposed to go? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. there you go. Um, so we, we open up at Daly's place in Jacksonville, just a stone's throw from our house in Jacksonville, Florida. And, uh, you see, have a bunch of the wrestlers, they're out there in the crowd, they're screaming, they're clapping. They are so excited for tonight's AEW Dynamite. You know who else is excited? We are. That's right. In opening, we get Cody versus Joey Janela. And my beautiful wife makes the wonderful quip. I am so glad AEW is back doing live shows. I am even excited to see Joey Janela. 
who might be the only wrestler on this roster that neither of us really care for. But, boy, it was really great. It was great to see you, Joey. We love you, man. Yeah, I, I, I have a similar opinion of Joey Janela. Um, but during the time off, and I've, I don't know if you follow his Twitter at all, he's been putting in a lot of work. Um, he's, he's been been cutting down, uh, getting a little bit more of a physique on him. He's still got a bit of a bit of a ways to go standing next to Cody, especially, but don't we all, um, but yeah, he's definitely been putting in work and he's had, he's, he can put on a good match. He really can. Yeah. Um, his, he's had some really good matches on dark. Um, he had that match against Kenny and he had the match against Phoenix and his singles match with Phoenix is one of the best matches on dark in my opinion. And, uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of that in Dynamite, but yeah, it's I I was very surprised by this performance in the first match of Dynamite. It was it was very very nice, and not only that, guess what? AEW Dynamite's back, and what else is back? Audio problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, because you can't have AEW without audio problems. Yeah, they uh, they had the opening card. They were uh, the entire commentary team is back. Uh, Jr. Excalibur and Tony Schiavone. And uh, yeah, we uh, they, they're showing the card, and there's no voice. You can see Jr. there in the corner, talking, just talking away. Nothing. You got nothing. Yep. But they they quickly solved it. I was I was concerned it would be an ongoing thing, but they quickly solved it. They they got a lot going on. I'll, I'll give that to them. But uh, yeah, yeah. It it really when they opened up, it had the feel of an actual AEW show again, which was really refreshing. And nice to see. And I'm actually excited for the episode tomorrow, which I haven't really been for a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, it's because these these Georgia pre-tape shows have been mostly squash matches, let's be honest here. I, they filmed is, like five weeks of shows in two days, apparently. Yeah. Mm. So we can't hate on it too hard, but it's not the same. No, it's not. You're right. That's fine. Um, Cody wins this match via pinfall. It was a clean victory. And then we move on. Do you want to talk about the match at all? Uh, I will say that Cody won with the crossroads, which uh, hasn't been happening lately. Yeah, it surprised it was, me, actually. It was good to see that. Uh, yeah, Joey Janela had on leopard print pants, I guess. Uh, it was it was Jaguar print pants. Was, was it Jaguar? Is that what it was? Okay. Did he yeah, wear those because at, like Fighter Fest or something? No, it's he's in Jacksonville with the Jags. Okay. They're literally well, I know. in the parking lot of the Jags Stadium. I know a lot of them had special Jags gear for Fighter Fest or yeah. Fight for the Fall, whenever it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I thought it was a Tiger King thing, but I guess you your no. your, your thing <laughs> makes more sense. Yes, it does make more sense. So yes, Cody got a clean win. It was a very hard fought match, and that's important to point out because the fact that Cody needed to be in the trainer's room is important. For something that happens later in the show. No spoilers. So just remember that. Cody, it was a hard-fought match. He goes to the trainer's room. Okay? So we get this. I'll write it down in my notes. That's good. Thank you. (laughs) So we get this really cool recap of Nyla Rose. And this is something that WWE, as much as we hate on them, does better than anyone else. They do an amazing job. And you know what? This was really, really good. And we complain that WWE does it too much, but AEW doesn't do it enough. And I tell you, this was really good just for the sheer fact that Nyla has been gone for a while, right? And, and it was. Well, go ahead, Sorry. Carol. Well, I was just going to say, AEW has been doing these videos great since day one. Yeah. Because I even just in their um, instant replays, when they first started, 
their instant replays were great. Mm -hmm. I, I remember going, that's really good mm -hmm. for this to be first night. You know, they were, it was, it was good. So that they're putting together these vignettes that are, you know, planned out and um, just well put together. I okay. like their, their production team is on point. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, they didn't have enough of them, but I think they're kind of doing a pretty good balance now, uh, especially with the pandemic and everything going on. They've had to lean more on the the recaps and all that. But yeah, I, I kind of see this as a reset for AEW. Um, this first live show, they're kind of like, all right, we're getting back to business. Let's go. We got a pay-per-view coming up. We got to get things in gear. But this wasn't just a recap on Nyla Rose. It was really a recap for the entire women's division. Right. Mm. Uh, it went over everyone. Uh, and it was it was really good uh, going into it, and we're gonna have to build very quickly for this upcoming pay per view. So uh, I think them having that recap for this first week, and then having Nyla established again as a beast, as a champion, was a really good decision on their part. Yeah, I 100% agree. And then Tony Skiavon is out there, and he's on the ramp, ready to interview Nyla Rose, and she basically said that. She's the baddest. It will always be her. The reason she's the champion is that she's the best, and she walks to the ring for a squash match. That's right. So we just complained the squash matches were over. But you know what? This one wasn't that bad. Mm -mm. We haven't seen Nyla in forever, and it wasn't a 30-second destruction match. It was this new girl. Her name's Kinsey Page. She's 18 years old. 18 youngest, years young. The youngest wrestler to ever wrestle in AEW and yeah. probably the youngest ever because nobody can be younger than 18. So there you go. That's a, that's a benchmark for you. Okay. And so Nyla Rose just destroys her in like three or four minutes, but she hits her with a couple finishes. She hits her with two power bombs. She hits her with a beast bomb and she even had like a fake pin where she picked her up. This poor young girl, you know what? She's 18 years old. She's been on a nationally televised wrestling show. Good for you. Kenzie page. Yes, Nala, Nala Rose looked great. Not Absolutely only that, she them. hit her with a freaking senton bomb. She sure did. That was insane. Nyla Rose is a big person to be right. hitting someone with a senton bomb. And uh, yeah, the fact that this little 18-year-old girl could take that. I mean, she, they said she's been wrestling for four or five years. That's crazy. Uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was it was a really good squash match. I would akin this to kind of like the Lance Archer squash matches we've had. Or right. yeah, it's a squash match, but it's just... It's just Entertaining. It really was. And so you saw Statlander and Sheeta on the outside, and they were like looking, you know, I, I think Statlander was kind of jawing, but Sheeta was like staring a hole that, into Rose. I think Statlander was trying to use the force at one point. That <laughs> that makes sense. She is an alien. She actually does use the force in the Indies, and it's an actual wrestling move. Really? really? It's on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Indie wrestling. It's it's unique. You know what? Now that you mentioned that, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing her do that before. Chris Statlander versus Orange Cassidy is on YouTube. It's okay. A good match. Good Check match. it out. Check it out. Um, so then we go to MGF, and he's in a hotel room, and he's basically in front of a green screen. And he says, man, MGF, he's really good. He could be the next Rowdy Rowdy Piper. He's really good. He could be the next Jake the Snake Roberts. Well, no, no, he can't. Because MGF is his own man. And he basically gets a promo about how he thinks it's cute that all these 20-something-year-olds, early 30s, are saying they're going to be the next big thing in wrestling. But he's 24, I believe. Yeah, 24 years old. And he's already the big thing in wrestling. He says that he's fully recovered, perhaps even overhealed. And he will be back next week 
to take back his throne. And so he stands up from out of his chair. These little goobers come in, move the chair. More goobers come in, sit a throne down. And he like stares at the throne. I don't think he actually sits in it. And this was a little weird, but you think you pointed this out, honey. And it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was really good. But there were, it was clearly a green screen. Like it was so obvious. There were no shadows and it didn't look amazing. Right? Yeah, I think if we could have not seen his feet, it would have been more believable. But it was that it was him in this sterile space. Yeah. It felt like he, you could tell that he wasn't really interacting with the space. So it felt a little strange. But the problem was great. This kid, kid, is better than he should be. It's an, it's um, it's insane. I can't believe how well he holds his own on a mic. Yeah. yeah. This was a fantastic promo, mm-hmm. uh, only brought down by the terrible vi- visual effects. And as we know from the broken Matt Hardy teleportation, <laughs> AEW's visual effects are not uh, top tier. Um, watching it back, the main thing that kills it for me is the fact there's no shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that really is what just tells you something's wrong. Um, it, again, going back to Star Wars, very prequel-ish. Uh, it looked like he had the, uh, the the whole like speed pod racers and everything going on behind you. Uh, but yeah, it was a fantastic promo. I mean, if you just listen to the words and focus on him and not the kind of crappy green screen, it, it was good stuff. It really was. Yeah. And so after that, we get Sean Spears. And it, this is a really weird promo, but it was really cool. Like he was in like, I don't really know where he was. He was in like a trainer's room or something. Like a hotel room, maybe. Yeah. And... He was basically saying, man, Dustin got destroyed by Lance Archer last week. You know what? I have a brother. And if that were to happen to my brother, I would have never allowed it. But you know who did allow it? Cody. Cody allowed it. And they showed, uh, this was really, I really loved this. Because this was someone cutting a promo, but still telling the audience what happened the week before. It wasn't, guys, let's let's take you back to last week. or, Or like they did on Raw, which we'll talk about six times, let's take you back to the front of the show, or let's take you back to three minutes ago. No, this was someone cutting a promo that was setting up a potential feud with Cody, but at the same time saying, this is what happened. And it was really good. The short version is, he explained what happened, to that what Lance Archer did to Dustin, and he said, I would never allow that to happen to my brother like Cody did. That was that was the gist of it. Mm. But it was great. Did you like and- it, honey? Yes. I'm sorry, Micah. Go ahead. Well, it, it, it's it's weird because it makes you think maybe they're going back to Sean Spears versus Cody, which they're clearly not right. because Cody's got Lance Archer coming up. Um, I think it was just a chance to have Sean Spears cut a good promo, really, and, and showcase his promo ability, which is very good. And that's fine. Almost everything he does is very good. And uh, it was another really good promo this week and a very unique way to do it, like you said. So, yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, I really love that. And then so you go to ringside and Tony Schiavone is sitting there with MJF and Sean Spears. And he is doing it. He starts to do an interview. MJF is wearing like this plaid mask, uh, like the COVID mask you see, the hospital mask. It wasn't plaid, kinda, it was Burberry, like a scarf. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. It's it's all square patterns to me. Anna. And so <laughs> he he takes Tony and pushes him away. He's like, hey, 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 six feet, buddy. And so Tony Giovanni keeps talking. He says, by the way, you're going to be wrestling at Double or Nothing, and you're wrestling Jungle Boy, to which MGF like spit out a bunch of water. Yeah, he did his best Triple H impression. He sure did. And he's like, what? What? No, I didn't agree to that. I didn't sign anything. 
And it was great because MJF, when he's alone, is this antagonistic, confident heel. But when you say he's got to get in that ring, even though he legitimately knows he's good, he plays an old school heel and he's just afraid. And I love it. It was great. We move into John Moxley versus Frankie Kazarian. And oh boy, I love this match. And when this match was happening, I thought, there is no way this, this shouldn't have been the main event. How in the world could they top this? They did. They topped it. But this match was incredible. And it was better than anything at Money in the Bank except for maybe Drew and Seth. But honestly, if I had to pick a match to go back and watch, it'd be this one. And that's just me. I know a lot of people would disagree with me. But I preferred this match to Drew and Seth, and I called Drew and Seth an old all-time classic. This is on free TV, and it wasn't even the main event. And there was another match on here that topped it. I and love all, this match. And it was his first, it was uh, Kazarian's first singles match since, what, like 2017, they said? It, it had been a couple years, yeah. Yeah. But Kazarian was a single star for a long time. I mean, he was in TNA for a long time. It's an obnoxiously talented wrestler. Also, he's rocking a new fresh cut. Looks great. <laughs> he was. He was. Yeah. This match started out with like chain wrestling. Like, my gosh, John Moxley, the brawler, and Frankie Kazarian, the high flyer, are in there doing chain wrestling. And it evolved, and it evolved to brawling, and it evolved to high spots. And it wasn't, and this is not a knock against AEW. Obviously, I love it. I'm a huge mark. But, oh my gosh, there's so many high spots and so many matches that if you see someone like Chuck Taylor... And you're like, man, this guy's really good. But then the match before, you've seen Ray Phoenix do 17 flips. You're like, oh, Chuck Taylor, meh, even though he's incredible because Ray Phoenix just did 17 of the same things that Chuck Taylor's doing. Does that make sense? But in this match, there was a natural progression. There was something old school feel about this match, even though there were some high spots in it. And I, I just loved all of it. Didn't some didn't the commentary somebody said something about the chain wrestling? Yeah, because they were like nobody wants to see Kazarian and Moxie chain wrestle, and you're sitting next to me and you go, "I do." That's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. I think it was I can't remember. I think it was Excalibur, but I'm not sure. And like, I can't believe these guys are chain wrestling. Nobody wants to see them chain wrestle. And I'm like, I do. I'm that guy. I want to see them chain wrestle because chain wrestling is my favorite type of wrestling. So I, I just thought I, I don't know everything about this. I loved. Yeah, sometimes it's good just to have an old-fashioned wrestling match. Yes. That's what yeah, this it was. was great. It was great. And then Moxley hits him, hits a paradigm shift on Kazarian to get the win. And then Moxley gets attacked from behind by a bunch of Dark Order goons. Uh, the number 10, whatever his real name is, I can't remember. Uh, I want to be clear. That's, just, that's a bad gimmick. Sorry. Uh, and then... It's Mr. Not the number 10. It's just it's number just number 10. 10. Oh, excuse me. That makes it much better. Yeah. And then Mr. Vince McMahon, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mr. <laughs> Brody Lee comes out and he says, Look, Mox, I'm not the same guy that you used to know, just like you're not the same guy that I used to know. And I'm challenging you for the AEW world title. He picks it up and then Mox has just been destroyed, right? As Brody Lee's cutting this kind of lengthy promo, but you get the gist. And Mox grabs the mic and he's like crawling on the ground and he literally says, dude, if you wanted a shot, all you had to do was ask. I'm like, that's great. Mox is just so great. Mm -hmm. The 
nerdy guys and ten beat up John Moxley. Brody Lee takes the title and leaves. Uh, and then I do want to say Christopher Daniels and Scorpio Sky did attempt to help, but to no avail. So yeah, they were was good numbered. Yeah, um, first of all, his name is Preston Vance, and yeah, that's right. I think the number ten is a stupid name. What they should call him is Press Ten Vance, which is that is actually handle. his Twitter handle. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's much better. Why don't they just call yeah. him Press Ten Vance? I don't know. Some of the dark water stuff's a little iffy for me. Uh, anyways, yeah. yeah, this whole thing was it was good because the the whole time that John Moxley's had the title, they've kind of been building this fact that hey, John Moxley's alone. You know, you've got yeah. the inner circle, you've got the elite, you've got the dark order now. Moxley's by himself. Is Moxley going to be able to retain the title by himself with no friends? He has no friends in AEW. He's got nobody to help him. The only reason that the that uh, SCU even came out is because Kazarian was caught up in the mix. Right. And of course, they have issues with the Dark Order theirself. Uh, and 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 a lot of people are saying, "Hey, this is a little rushed." And I agree, the story itself is a bit rushed. But come on, guys, what do they have to work with? The, the pay per views in what th- two, a week, two weeks? It's, it's like two a week and a half. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. It, it no, it's a week from Sunday. It's a week yes. from wow. Sunday. So a week yeah. and a half. You've got so from this show, you've got three weeks of TV, two, right? Two more. Two weeks. You have two more. After you have tonight's show, yeah. and you have next Wednesdays, and that's it. Yes. After this show, you've got two more weeks of TV. I mean, what are they supposed to do, guys? I mean, come on. The Dark Order has been a thing for a year now, right? They've been around. They've been building to this exalted one. Brody Lee's been killing folks for like 18 years now, it seems like. Okay, we, we got to deal with what we got. It's, uh, again, not the best storytelling we've seen from AEW, but it's just as good as the storytelling we'd get from WWE. Right. I mean, it it, it is. Or, you know, we'll get to that later. Uh, I, I I don't really love the matchup between Brody Lee and Moxley because I don't want to see Brody Lee lose, and I also don't want Moxley to lose the title yet. Honestly, in my opinion, the best thing that could come from this would probably be for Brody Lee to win, and then Moxley having to be like, all right, I've got to get aligned with somebody, and then eventually winning it back from Brody Lee. That would be my uh, preference with the current situation. Okay, uh, or maybe even build to the Dark Order versus the Elite in uh, uh, what do they call it? War Games. What do they call it? Blood and Guts. Yeah, because obviously they didn't get to do it the way they wanted to before. Uh, maybe build something like that. Uh, I don't want to see Brody Lee lose because, gosh, he's got all of these advantages. He's huge. He's been squashing folks. He's got like all these people in Gimp Mask. How can how can he lose? So. I don't know. I guess we'll see on Double or Nothing. It, AEW definitely throws some curveballs, so I don't know. Maybe we'll get a big, uh, a big reveal. Somebody coming in and helping John Moxley. I don't know. We'll see. Could be Roman Reigns if they're writing him off WWE. Ha ha ha! I know that's not happening, guys. It was just a joke. Be. It just would be. Uh, it couldn't be Roman Reigns. It'd have to be like uh, Mister Mister Rain. Like not Reigns, but it's like Mister Rain. <laughs> Mister Rain, it, Joe it, Anoa'i, or however you say his real name. Yeah, Joe Rain. Just Joe Rain. <laughs> That's amazing. If he wrestles anywhere else, please let him be known as Joe Rain. Joe That'll be the best. Rain. Yeah. So we move on. We get a, a video package with Brandy, and it was pretty good. It's pretty good. The short version is Jake the Snake Roberts has been talking bad about her, and she says, "Keep your name out of your keep my name out of your dirty old mouth." And these words going to come back to haunt her hashtag spoiler alert 
Yeah, it was it was a really good promo, especially for Randy. Yeah, I agree. So then we have QT Marshall with Brandy Rhodes versus Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts. And Jake, like, sat outside, like, not on the regular ring, ring steps, but if you guys have seen the way Daly's place is set up, like, he, like, leaned against the stage, but there's steps there. And he had one of the hospital masks on for a lot of the match. And then he eventually, like, pulled it down so you could see his lips and he was John. And it was it was interesting. This was another squash match for Lance Archer, who basically bullied QT Marshall pretty much the whole time. But you know what? That's fine. QT Marshall is, to me, he's the AEW version of Akira Tozawa. He's their best jobber. And yeah. uh, he does a good job. He makes himself look good, even though he's getting destroyed. I love me some QT Marshall. Yeah, he's very good. He's one of the trainers there. He runs the uh, the Nightmare Factory. So, yeah, really, really good talent to have. What followed up to this was interesting. Um, it might, I, I know that the two of you really hated it. I hated 50% of it because I liked part of it. And the part that I liked is during the match... Uh, for some reason, Britt Baker just decides to get involved, and QT Marshall's outside, and she whacks him with a shoe. Or Brandy grabs her shoe and chunks it into Cucamonga, or Cucamonga known as Section 104 in Daly's Place. I don't know what section it actually is, sorry. Um, so after the match, Britt Baker decides to attack Brandy and then rolls her into the ring. Well, QT Marshall's nowhere to be found, and the commentators say, man... Cody would be here to help Brandy, but we hear that he is in the back in the trainer's room. Okay. And then they reiterate, the trainer's room is somewhere you have to go on a golf cart in Daly's place. It's not somewhere like within running distance. It's right. He's way off. Right. He's a block over. Right. Um, I'm not entirely sure that that's true, but it's it's good to point out. So It doesn't matter if it's true, it's wrestling. Right. <laughs> I feel like everybody in Jackson was like, shenanigans, the daily place isn't that big. <laughs> so Lance Archer is standing above Brandy, and Jake the Snake brings in an actual snake. And to which my wife goes, ooh, no, 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 no. And he takes it, and he lays it on Brandy. Now he's constantly adjusting it because the snake's trying to leave. And the snake is... Uh, he's like the snake's like I don't want this woman I just want to crawl around in the ring uh, the snake wants to take a bump it wants to take a high spot off the top rope and so Jake's grabbing the snake putting it on top of Brandy and it's crawling all around and I love this part I mean I absolutely love this part and my wife hated it Micah did you like and we'll talk about the other part but did you like the that Jake actually brought his snake into the ring I did I loved this part just like you said it's the next part I have an issue with. Right. What should have happened is they should have put the snake on her and left. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what happened. <laughs> so, honey, let's talk about the snake part first. Yeah. What did you enjoy or not enjoy about the snake? I hated 100% of this. I didn't like anything about it. No. I Obviously, Brandy agreed to this, so she's cooler than me. Props. But... <laughs> I didn't like watching it. I didn't like nothing. No. And it's live. So I'm just sitting here waiting for things to go wrong. I don't like it. I would have been okay if it had been a pre-recorded show because I'd be like, all right, I haven't heard that Brandy Rhodes is dead from a snake bite. So I guess she's okay. I didn't well, like it's, it. It's a python. So at most it would have just hurt really bad. 
Yeah. I mean, Lance Archer is there. I mean, he's not going to let the Python suffocate her. Uh, Jake the Snake can't do anything because he's like 90 years old. So, right. So it starts with a snake and it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Jake Roberts, and this is the weird part. Jake Roberts has to get the snake off her, right? So instead of picking it up, and I'm not sure if he tripped. I don't think he did, but it's possible that he did. But he basically gets on top of her and kind of like pelvic thrusts on top he of her. He straddles her and thrust in her direction multiple times. In her general direction, yes. And so I believe you said, honey, and you correct me if I'm misquoting you. I think you said, did I just see what I think I saw? Mm. And I said, I'm not entirely sure. It just seems so out of place in 2020 <laughs> in, a, in a wrestling show that does not involve Vince McMahon. Because uh, they did just bring up Katie Vick a couple weeks ago, so I just I I hope that it was either an accident or then as soon as he went to the back, Cody's like, "Bro, listen, <laughs> like, no, no, none of that." <laughs> yeah, like I, it's not even that it's my wife, dude. It's that you are pelvic thrusting a lady that is unconscious on a national televised show while assaulting gonna, her with a snake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to pass on that. I think Alberto Del Rio was just arrested for literally exactly the same thing. So we do not want you to be, you know, to, to, to bring back those uh, those images. We're going to have to pass. So, that was a very, like, early 90s WCW thing to it do. It was freaking weird. So, honey, I'm going to let you tell your part. But, Micah, what did you think of this? It was awful. Um, I, I agree with you. There's a chance that Jake didn't intend to do what he did. I yeah. think he may have lost his balance. He's an old, old man. <laughs> There's also a part of me that's like, Jake is an old, old man. And he didn't realize that this is very rapey. Right. And we don't want that. Okay. Nobody wants that. Nobody's sitting on their TV and like, oh, that Jake Roberts, he's a real dastardly heel. We need to watch out for him. Everybody's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, get this off my TV, <laughs> which is my reaction. So yeah. I, I feel like Carol had a similar reaction. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, it just looks it's it's just bad. It's cringy. And it's oh, now I don't feel good. I was having fun. I was enjoying. Yeah, I was creeped out by by the live Python. But I can get over it. But now, ooh, no. Now mm-hmm. I want to, like... I have no problem with amusing the python. It, it's, it should make you uncomfortable. It's a snake. It, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And that's what it's there for. But I didn't need I didn't need that. It's the sexual overt tones yeah. that right. bother me. I mean, they could bring a tiger out of the ring for all I care. That'd be great. Uh, they've done that before. Uh, well, AEW hasn't. But wrestling has done that before. Yes. It, uh, it also steals the snake's thunder. So if I'm a snake, <laughs> I'm dude. mad. Because I'm like, dude, this was my moment. This was my only moment. And now, thanks. <laughs> yeah, for real. He was like, I want to do a 450 splash off the top rope, and now I have yeah. to do this? Come on, man. Yeah. He's like, now they won't bring me back because of you. It's okay. The python got its heat back because Jake the Snake pretended that he was going to throw it in the audience and then opted not to. Kind of similar like Jeff Hardy did when he wrestled Sting and was stoned out of his mind. So if the world, I just had a brilliant idea, if the world wasn't the way that it was, okay, if we weren't so against animal cruelty, nobody cares about snakes, I want to see Cody (laughs) cut a promo with Pharaoh eating a snake. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? Not Maybe not even Pharaoh, maybe the little, the little, the the one that like looks half dead. 
little Pomeranian thing he's got. <laughs> Monterey Jack, Cheddar Jack, whatever it's called. Yeah. The one that like the tongue sticks out of the side of his mouth. Man, if they could cut a promo, even if it was like a stuffed snake, just destroying yeah. it, ripping the stuffing out. Or like oh, that that would a snake good. made of dog safe cake. Yeah, that, that would be, be good. so good. That would be good. Like a stuffed snake and they're like fighting over it, like tug of warring with <laughs> yes. it. And stuffing stuffing is flying everywhere. Enough said. I yeah. like that. Or, or what what is it the animal that kills snakes? Is it honey badgers that kill snakes? That like just shakes yes. them and kills them? Cody yeah. should come out of double or nothing with a honey badger. <laughs> the honey badger by the ring. Like, all right, this the honey is badger case. will kill everyone. <laughs> this is just yeah. in case. <laughs> honey badger don't care. Yeah. So now we get to move into our main event. And it came up to us quickly. Already? We were, I, I'm telling you. We were drastically enjoying this only two-hour show. And I'm not going to lie to you. And Micah, I know you're very against Rob being three hours. If AEW was three hours, I think I would enjoy it just as much, if not more, because when AEW wraps up every week, I'm like, I, I can do more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's a better feeling, though. I think they should leave you wanting more for next week and not, mm-hmm. okay, well, that was enough, you know. I like I like the two hour yeah. thing. I, I, okay. I they got they've got dark. They've got an extra forty minutes or so. They do. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. Uh, but in your main event, you have Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega. And this was a street fight. And Kenny Omega and Sammy Guevara were dressed exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And I did not like that. I did not like that visual. They were not on the same team. Kenny Omega and Sammy Guevara were in a black t shirt and blue jeans. And. Yeah. And Hardy and, and Jericho were also dressed very similarly. So yeah, it looked like they pants. were on opposite teams from the teams they were actually on. It was on. weird. Yeah. It's true. But uh, yeah, Kenny Omega and Sammy Guevara were dressed like they were going to the peanut festival or something. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know what was going on. I'm pretty sure. I told Riley. I was like, I'm pretty sure Kenny Omega had to go out and buy jeans for this. So He does not I, look like a man that wears jeans. No, not at all. And so I actually asked Carol... Because I forgot this was a street fight, which is funny, because I talked about it on the episode last week, and she's like, mm-hmm. I said, what? why are they wearing normal clothes? And she's like, I think it's a street fight. And I'm like, I don't think so. And she said, well, you said it was a street fight in your last episode. And I'm like, oh, well, then I... Because I pay attention. Yeah, it must, must be a street fight. So, but I, I thought, at first, I literally thought they lost their luggage. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh they, lo- they lost their luggage. They are this is all they could find at Walmart. <laughs> The Walmart in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's also it's it's also worth noting their knee pads were on over the jeans, right? Which is a weird look. It was a very Bottom like, yeah, it was like I was like it was very like stone cold look. Yeah, I uh, like it. I just think it's weird that they were not on the same team. Yeah, Kenny actually pointed it out on uh, on BTE as well. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, he was like, did I look like a real street fighter? I had on my jeans, my cut-off shirt, my knee pads. Did I look like a real street fighter? They had a whole bit. And everybody was like, no, you didn't look like a real street fighter, you weirdo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he had like Walmart jeans and a cut-off t-shirt. I would like him to wear, because he's a huge gamer, obviously. He dresses Akuma at Fighter Fest. I would have liked him, since this is a street fight, and he's like, I want to be a street fighter, if he came out in like street fighter cosplay. Mm-hmm. I that would have cool. loved that. Or even yeah, like, what was that. it? Uh, what was the Sega game? Like Streets of Rage or something? Yeah. The, guy, like, the, the, green, the green pants or what it was? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like been... a yellow yellow tank top. I can't remember. Yeah, that was been... white. That would have been cool. But uh, yeah, yeah they, they, it's, it's, it wasn't the worst thing. But uh, you don't have to worry about Jericho and Matt Hardy looking the same for too long. Why no, is that? No. Why is that, Matthew? Because Matt Hardy changes his look twice. Twice. Yep. And we called this. Because as it happened, 
My beautiful wife said. I called it. You guys called this. I called it. Not we. I called it. He's in the icebox. And you said, I'll bet he'll change again. I said, I'll bet he'll come out of the icebox in a new pair of clothes. And you said, no, no. And I said, yes, Superman. And that's what happened. Well, I I think last week, Mike and I both said, you know, he's probably going to be regular Matt Hardy. So let me let me run the match through for you guys. And I know you just listened to our Money in the Bank review episode. So this was basically the Money in the Bank episode if it was really, really good. <laughs> so what happened was the four of them, they're no tags. They just beat the crap out of each other in the ring, right? They wrestle for six or seven minutes, maybe a little longer in the ring. Matt Hardy does a uh, dive. Oh, no, that's not true. Wait. So they're all fighting. Matt Hardy goes up the ramp into the entranceway. Jericho tosses him in there. And he comes out as Matt Hardy of the Hardy Boys. And he obviously originally came out as Broken Matt. So he's Matt Hardy of the Hardy Boys. They dispatch of Jericho. Matt Hardy of the Hardy Boys climbs the ladder, does the Hardy Boys pose, and jumps onto Sammy Guevara on a table. And Sammy Guevara is dead. And I tell you, Sammy Guevara died about 17,000 times in this match. Mm -hmm. This poor guy is the punching bag for the stars. But he's getting paid well to do it. He's getting his name out there. And my gosh, he he looks like a superstar, doesn't he? I mean, he lands on his neck more often than anyone I've ever seen. How old is Sammy Guevara? Like 22? Yeah, he's very young. He's in his early 20s. I'm afraid he's like 26. He's 26. We were like freaking out about how old he was. We thought he was like 19. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid his career might last until 30 if he keeps this up. (laughs) I know. He is a bumping machine and not yep. only that he's a selling machine he is so good he's probably i'm gonna say probably the best seller in AEW. he's just like it's so ridiculous every time he gets hit he's dead it's like old school sean michaels it's great yeah so chris jericho said that sammy guevara he sees the second coming of eddie guerrero in him and other than ray mysterio i don't know anyone and chavo i don't know anyone that will be more qualified to say those words for me to take them so seriously because yep. Chris Jericho and Eddie were obviously very, very close. Um, Eddie, one of the greatest of all time. And to say Sammy Guevara is the second coming of him is just praise more than I think. I don't think Chris Jericho could have said kinder words about him. Literally. There's no way. So they go through the entranceway and they're fighting. Actually, that's not true. They go up the stairs in the crowd and they go out the exit where the crowd enters to go to their seats. And so they're back, they're like front stage, I guess, because it's not backstage. It's really where the crowd are out. If there was a crowd, they'll be out here in the concessions, basically. Concessions yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And like the merch and, stand and all that. Yeah. 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 And they, like, they're fighting and they toss Matt Hardy. Jake Hager is in the fight now, by the way, uh, because it's a street fight and he realizes, I guess I can do this. Because it's not stupid, like WWE, where whatever Forgotten Sons guy, Jackson Riker's like, I guess I'll just leave, even though it's no DQ. Jake Hager's like, screw that. Handicap match, and it was. So, yeah. Jake Hager, Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara are beating up Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. They take Matt Hardy and throw him in an ice box. <laughs> and you know, before that, he takes out a bag of ice and yeah. throws it in his in his head. No. Bags of ice are heavy. That had to hurt. <laughs> Very heavy. In a heart. <sighs> and my beautiful wife says, I bet it's really cold there. And I said, it's probably not plugged in. <laughs> but I bet there was still ice bags in there. So I'm sure it was pretty cold, but not crazy cold. And so Matt Hardy's in there freezing his buns off with, with ice. Yeah. And so they're all teaming up on Kenny Omega, right? Kenny Omega's doing his best to hold his own. Uh, Matt Hardy eventually comes back out as Broken Matt in a different garb now. He's in the uh, red garb, like his old Broken Matt gimmick. And they're fighting again. 
and they hit they they get his golf cart and they hit Jericho with a golf cart, kinda right, like kinda. And they raised him. Yeah, Sammy's checking on him because Trish Jericho he's almost fifty years old, right? He's not taking his big bump. And so <laughs> I'm looking at the picture; it's the greatest picture ever. And so they see Sammy, and Sammy just starts booking it. He's running away, and Matt Hardy and my beautiful wife says. What do you call him? Hashtag Maniac Matt Hardy. Yes, get that started. Hashtag Maniac Matt Hardy. And he is smiling and grinning as he is driving this golf cart with his hair flowing back in the wind at Sammy, who's booking it. Kenny Omega is leaning out of the golf cart, pointing at him, screaming, we're going to get you, Sammy. We're going to get you. (laughs) And they do. It was the most anime thing ever. It was amazing. (laughs) It was so good. They literally ran the poor guy over. Yeah, he like... He like jumped up in the air and they hit him and he did like a 180. Yeah. It was crazy. That was not a safe bump. And Sam Guevara once again dies mm-hmm. mid-match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I feel the bad immortal. for his family. Yeah. The immortal Sam Guevara. See, you're you're everyone's impressed that AJ Styles came out from being buried alive or Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio did not have any damage from falling off the roof, as we'll note here in a few minutes. But Sam Guevara got ran over. Yeah. And get back up and finish and the match. And time passed. So we don't know what kind of recovery AJ Styles had to go through. Right. Right. Or Ray. Or we don't know. But Sammy, no recovery. He just jumps up and on we go. Yep. Yeah. I feel like this isn't the first time Sammy Guevara's gotten hit by a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not. So they continue the match. And there's like this lift, right? With tables below it. And Matt Hardy's got Chris Jericho. And Kenny's like, I'm going to climb this thing. So he gets on the lift and someone makes like raises it into the air. So Kenny Omega is way friggin' high in the air. And so here comes Jake Hager. And he is saving Chris Jericho. And so now the three of them are fighting. And Kenny looks back, he's like, eh, screw it. And does a moonsault from like 10 feet in the air, caught by three absolute pros. Because Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, and Matt Hardy, that, that was the Perfect catch. Yes. Kenny Omega took zero damage. It was he landed on his feet, basically. Yeah. It was beautiful. Like they he did walked such away a great from job. It, it was mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. It was one of the best moonsaults and one of the best catches I've ever seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely incredible. Kenny Omega obviously is great, but when you have a guy from at least 10 feet up doing a backflip onto you, you got to be there to catch him. There's no, eh, if I get him or I'll just kind of break his fall and let him land on me. No, you got to catch this guy. And they did, and they still made it look good. It was terrific. And Matt Hardy is in his mid-40s. Jericho is almost 50. And they caught this guy. Yeah. Great job. Awesome job. Kenny Omega's looking for a one-winged angel on the, the entrance from Daly's Place into the Jacksonville Jaguars field. And out from the field comes Santana and Ortiz. And now they've really got the numbers game on them, as it is five to two. And they brawl for a very brief period, but the numbers are just too much. We get a Judas effect on Kenny Omega. One, two, three. Then the inner circle, all five of them, back up to where you can see the Jags field in the background. And the Jacksonville Jaguars board is famous for being the world's largest video board. But instead of having the NFL up there, it literally said the inner circle. As all five guys flick off the camera, as they are tend to do, 
And the show ends. Now, my sweet love. And I said, no, another <laughs> hour, please. Yes. Which had never happened yep. with any wrestling ever. Exactly. It was that good. Now, tell me what your thoughts were of this Maniac match. I love the Maniac match. More Maniac matches. Not too many, because don't overdo it. Right. But it was just so good. Um, my main takeaway from this entire show is the golf cart and Matt Hardy with his mouth wide open, screaming mm-hmm. and in hot pursuit of Sammy Guevara. <laughs> but it's just a good, it was fun from the beginning, from the very beginning of it, all the way to the end. It was fun. Yeah. Micah? This was, it was fantastic. Probably the best street fight. It is the best street fight I've ever seen. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't think it was a close second, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. It was so good. Such a good main event. Such a perfect ending. Uh, I like the inner circle came up with the win here because they had the numbers. You right. know, they, they had the numbers. They, there's no way they should have lost. And people were like, oh, Matt Hardy lost his first match. So he's an established legend. Right. It's okay if he loses his first match. He's not going to lose every match. Um, just, just It was fantastic. So many good spots. The whole episode was so good, minus the little, you know, Jake the Snake bits. Um, really, that's my only negative for the entire show. I don't think there was a bad match on the show. Even the squash no, match was really good. good. Is really uh, yeah, it, it was it was great. I loved the ending. They may as well drop the mic there at the end. Uh, it, it was just perfect ending. Yeah, and this this match too at the end, um, good storytelling, like just logical flow of things. Even though it was all crazy things, it was all, it built on itself. And they brought in Hager, and then they waited, and they brought in Santana Ortiz at the end. It just it flowed very well, and it seemed like a story, right? Like you were reading a story. Um, so yeah, my only main thing I didn't like about the episode would be the, the, the situation. Right. So we're going to call it. Yeah. So it gets an A minus would have had an A plus guys. I have to give it an A of some kind because the rest of the show is too good. Okay. Way too good. But you can give it an A minus just because that one spot. Yes. Because you didn't like the spot at all. Right. Like not not just the thrusting. You didn't like the snake or anything. So don't that snake. Okay. No snakes. Micah, you want to grade it? Uh, I would give it an A. The only thing that does keep it from an A+, plus, which is a perfect show in my opinion, was the Jake the Snake bit being a little too far. Uh, otherwise, it was an A-plus show. I had no other qualms with it at all. Yeah, agreed. I am so close to giving this an A+. plus. I mean, so close. Because, my gosh, how good and entertaining was that main event. Moxley and Kazarian was just out of this world. The pelvic thrusting bothered me, but I'm not sure it bothered me enough to make me take off points it's like i never want to see that again but you know learn your lesson and i'll move forward but there was a squash match on this show and again it was a good squash match but it was still a squash match and i I can't give a show a perfect score if there's a squash match on it so i'm gonna give it an a i thought it was an exceptional show um and if tonight's is half as good as it well if it's half as good as a 50 so it's an f but you know if it's pretty sticking good i'll be (laughs) very very happy so this was an amazing phenomenal show Loved it. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's go into a more controversial talk topic. Speaking of amazing, phenomenal shows, up next, Monday Night Raw. Um, and AJ Styles is on it. So phenomenal, right? He is phenomenal. I thought Matthew was going to say, speaking of half as good. <laughs> that would have been, that been a, a, a better segue. We can edit that in. Yeah. So, Raw. So the show opens with Becky Lynch's big announcement, and she comes out holding the Money in the Bank briefcase. Like, hey Becky, where were you? Uh, where were you at, Becky? Just kind of 
we're curious. And she gets very emotional. I know we talked a little bit about this last night, but we're going to go through the whole thing. She gets very emotional. And she says that, you know, she has some decisions to make and she's got a lot of stuff going on. And Asuka comes out and is freaking out that Becky has the Money in the Bank briefcase. And she kind of calms Asuka down. And she says, listen, Asuka, I just, I want you to know how proud I am that you were the one that won this Money in the Bank briefcase. Because you're the one that was able to put me in my place. No one else has been able to do that. And so with that, I want you to continue to be a warrior. And I'm going to go be a mother. And Becky Lynch relinquishes her title as she opens up the Money in the Bank briefcase to a really, really cool visual. Mm -hmm. And the women's title falls out of it and says, the Money in the Bank match was not for a shot at the title. It was for the title. And Asuka freaks out. She's happy. She takes it. And when Becky tells her she's going to be a mother, of course, she gives her a big hug, which is a little weird, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, she starts doing a Becky chant. She does her little dance. She leaves so Becky can have time. Becky talks about how the WWE is her family. She didn't think that in 2013 when she came in that, you know, anything would... She didn't know if people would accept her, but... They did, and she appreciates it, and she doesn't know what the future holds, and she leaves. So I think everyone is assuming, Becky Lynch will be back in a year, 15 months. I think a real good chance that we never see her again. Like, not never, but like on one-off basis. I think she could be done. And the reason I say that is because the way that she she worded some of this, I I don't think she's done. But I believe that at 33 years old, that she has done everything she wanted to do. Her her future husband is one of the most successful wrestlers in the entire world. She could never work again. They don't need both people to have an income. And she talked extensively to People Magazine about how excited she is to start a family. I'm not sure that she's going to work again. I'm, I'm not convinced. I'm really not. I don't know for sure if she wouldn't again. I feel like if I was her, so this is a terrible situation to end your career on, right? No fans there, nothing, yeah. no real going out match, right? I feel like if I was, if I was her, which I'm not, I'm not a professional wrestler. I'm not an athlete, none of those things, but I'm a guy with a microphone. So I'm giving my opinion. If, <laughs> if I were her, I would probably come back at least for one more run. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe like two years from now, come back at the rumble or something. Have a good run if she wants to do that. Uh, I don't know if any of this was planned. Maybe she was supposed to drop it to Shayna at Mania, and because of all this went on, she didn't, and the plan was altered. I don't know. Right. But, uh, yeah, this this segment was super emotional. Uh, it's I've never seen this range of emotion in a wrestling show. Right. It was happy and sad at the same time. And it, it made you ask a lot of questions. Right. And you were happy for Asuka, obviously, because Asuka's been fantastic through these empty arena shows. Uh, you were sad that Becky's leaving, especially, especially in these circumstances, uh, with no fans there or anything. And you definitely felt the pride and happiness in her for being becoming a mother, but also the sadness for having to leave something she loves 
which is wrestling. Uh, yeah, it was. This was a a plus segment for me. Yep, one hundred percent. And and maybe I feel highly of the show because of this segment. Okay. Uh, I mean, this segment went on for the entire show. Yeah, they had, they recapped as, like six as we'll mention. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but yeah, this was this was just perfect. Um, I am glad that Oscar won Money in the Bank. She's the perfect person to hold the title. She is a face now, and you can't convince me differently. Mm. Uh, the way she acted here, and, and we'll talk about it more throughout the show. Uh, hopefully, she'll get rid of that green makeup she's been wearing because she hasn't missed anybody in a while, uh, and I don't think she will. But yeah, she totally acted like a face in this promo, uh, and I think she's going to be the new face of the uh, women's division, at least for a little while. Okay. I thought it was a really good way to open the show, um, and like Micah said, a lot of emotion, and a lot of what looked like genuine emotion, um, to the point that I wondered, did Asuka know what she was going to be told? No, she had no idea. Ah. Now, she... she might have known Becky's pregnant. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so because she started crying and someone that is as much of a professional as Asuka. I know she didn't know she was going to win the title, but mm. she's won it before. She's a world traveler. She was amazingly popular in Japan. She held the NXT title for something like 500 days. She's been a women's champion in WWE before. I'm not sure the title meant that much to her. I, I think this might have been news to her because I know... I say that I know. I read that most of the locker room didn't know what Becky's announcement was until she made it. So yeah. all of that, that backstage segment that we're going to talk about soon, that was all legit. No one knew that she was actually pregnant. I also think it's worth mentioning, I mentioned it on our Money in the Bank uh, review show, Asuka has now accomplished every women's accolade in the WWE. She's held 100%. every title. She's won every pay-per-view. She's done it all. She's a Hall of Famer. This this is this was the last uh, jewel in her crown. She's got it now. There's no way Oscar isn't a Hall of Famer at this point. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I think she already was. Oh yeah, I, th- I think so too. But she this she's literally the only person to have ever done this. Right. So that's pretty cool. I do think it's a shame there were no fans. Right. I think this would it have is. been Man, this, yeah, would have been so much more impactful for her. Yeah. You yeah. know. So that's a and, shame. And we've had the moments with like Daniel Bryan's retirement, Edge's retirement, Roman Reigns's uh, retirement because of his, you know, cancer and looking where he went away. Yeah, where he went away. Yeah, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, We've never had a moment like this where it's happy and sad, and that would have been, it would have been crazy to see the reaction from fans. Yeah, Uh, and and you could say all you want to. I think Becky Lynch is probably the most popular woman wrestler of all time. I mean, yeah. I don't know of any, nobody else, no other woman has been the face of the company. Right. And she's been the face of the company. Uh, you had Trish Stratus and, you know, the likes of, you know, uh, some of the previous generations that started the women's wrestling and all that. Nobody's ever been as popular as Becky Lynch, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a very monumental uh, moment in WWE history, I, I think, especially if she never comes back. But I think she will. There's there's plenty of women wrestlers that wrestle with children. I've heard that Asuka has kids. I can't find proof of that anywhere because uh, especially Japanese women wrestlers are very protective of their personal life. I was about to say, but Japanese I, wrestlers are real weird with their personal life. They do yeah. not like to mix that um, up most of the time. But I've seen interviews with, I think, Charlotte, where she mentioned Asuka having a child. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's doable. I mean, pe- plenty of people have done it. So, yeah. we'll see. 
The difference here is Seth is always going to be on the road. So Seth and Becky would both be on the road. I guess technically they could like hire a nanny. They could hire a nanny, homeschool like their kids. Yeah. Give their it's kids just... the coolest upbringing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Do you want to be a wrestler? You're two, but you can. You're here. <laughs> You're here. You want, do you want to be tag team champions with Braun Strowman? <laughs> Vince is like, we need a baby for this next segment. Someone go get Becky. <laughs> Don't have to know whose baby it is. It could have the gimmick of the kid. <laughs> So my nitpick with this, and this is nothing to do with the emotion, but Asuka has had this blood feud with Becky, and she was this big heel, and now she's like, all right, yay, you're having a baby, you're going to be a mother, it's the greatest thing to ever happen. I'm like, all right. I'm not going to nitpick it because I love Asuka so much, but it, it bothered me a little bit in the moment. If it was... She's... <clears throat> go ahead. If, she's a, if it's a face turn, and they do that, and they go with that, then there's nothing better to nothing better than a baby yeah. to make people happy and come together. So if, but if like next week it's like, ah, bro, I'm a bad guy. And yeah. I'm going to take everybody out. Well, they should go with it. They yeah. should go with it. Yeah. It's one of two things. It's a, it's a face turn or a breaking of kayfabe. Yes. Yeah. One of the other. And, yeah. and WWE is not against breaking kayfabe nowadays. So it could be that, but I yeah. think it's a face turn because if they're putting the belt on her, uh, who do they have to go against her? Shayna. Shayna's a heel. A heel. Uh-huh. And after some things, this episode She's a pretty good heel, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, I, I think they're definitely going to turn Asuka face. And I'm curious to see if Kyrie goes the same way. I think so. I don't think they're going to break them up. I, I think their time as tag team champions, being a serious tag team, is over. I really yeah. do. Um, but I think Kyrie will go face. I would love to see her go to SmackDown and be the one to beat Bailey. That would be great. Yeah, if they could come together as dual champions, that'd be cool. I mean, who who's gonna beat Bailey? Lacey Evans? I mean, come on, guys. I hope she doesn't become relegated to being Oscar's manager. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, she's I know she's had a lot of concussions here right, uh, lately, and she's had some some issues with that. So maybe she wants though. I know. Maybe she wants to cool it down for a little while and lay off the bumps. But yeah, I don't. I mean, she's fantastic. I think she deserves to be in the spotlight. Right. Bobby Lashley wrestles Humberto next. And destroys him. He beat him with a full Nelson. He beat him with a master lock, guys. It was a no DQ match as well, and I think uh, Umberto got a couple chair shots in. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was this was a match. It was just fine. I don't yeah. know. Bobby Lashley has another new finisher. Now he's got like 17 of them. It's okay with me because of what it led into. Okay, that's fair. That's yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't a great match. No. Um... We get backstage promos from the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders. And the Street Profits are like, yeah, the Viking Raiders said anything we can do, they can do better. So we're challenging them to a game of basketball. <laughs> and the Viking Raiders talk about, you know, what was the line? Ivar, like, Eric goes, Eric says, I can't believe the challenges to the stupid game of a stupid game like basketball. They didn't challenge anything <laughs> cool like axe throwing. Or something else, or man, man throwing, yeah, or people, people tossing. tossing, people tossing. That was it, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's terrific. That's what Bobby Lashley was supposed to be doing. Yeah. So, Ivar says, "If we sang karaoke, would it make you happy?" And Eric just stares a hole through him and goes, "No." And that was good. <laughs> it so was good. this this was a good setup to one of the dumbest segments I've ever seen on Raw. It was like a little bit of poking fun at themselves, yeah. which I appreciate that. Anytime yeah. that 
that that type of thing happens right. where maybe they're acknowledging that this was dumb and we shouldn't have done the karaoke thing. So we're going to poke fun at it. Right. I think that's great. Props. It's official though. The Viking Raiders are comedy characters now. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're no longer this undisputed immovable force type guys or irresistible force. They are comedy characters now. They are the OC basically. No, they're they let go Tucker, of the OC and they just, they're, they they're, heavy, machi- in there. they're heavy machinery. Oh, uh, yeah. guarantee you Vincent Man's like, oh man, look how good Otis is doing. Let's do that with the Viking Raiders, pal. They're, yeah. They look they look about the same. I guarantee you that's what Vince McMahon thought. He's like, let's make yeah. them comedy characters. And I don't think they're terrible at comedy. They seem to be do- doing pretty good at it. But yeah. they were a legitimate threat at one point, and that is gone forever now. Yep. Uh-huh. It's We didn't need that. We didn't need another comedy tag team. No, we don't. We need a serious force. We need someone to elevate these worthless pieces of plastic that are the WWE tag team titles. Those melted and, pennies. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're awful. Whatever. They're uh, Asuka backstage. <laughs> and <laughs> Asuka's backstage. Charlie's like, how do you feel after winning the title? And she rants and raves in Japanese. Kyrie comes. Kyrie looks super shocked. They celebrate together. Asuka's, as my beautiful wife pointed out, has clearly been crying. Uh, because the green stuff on her face has been, smeary. yeah, yeah, and then she's dancing and she's dancing. I'm like, that's that's her answer, Charlie. That's how she feels. She feels <laughs> like dancing. And so Kyrie's saying super excited, and then they just leave, and Charlie looks happy that they are happy. Yeah, but um, whole, at this point in the show, moment. sorry, what, what was that? Another wholesome moment for Raw. It was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure at this point in the show we have been told about 40 times that Becky Lynch is pregnant. Gosh, so many times. Um, I'll tell you one reason I enjoyed this show so much is because I watched it record and I could fast forward this bullcrap. <laughs> there was like thirty minutes of fluff in this episode. Yeah, right. Which you have to take account into account. So we get a we get a backstage promo with talking about what happened to Apollo Cruz, and then you see Andrade, Austin Theory, and Garza arguing with Zelina Vega, like going, "No, guys, we are a team. No, focus. Hey, yo, hey, the three of you, we're a team." Then we go to commercial. We come back, Angel Garza and Akira Tozawa are already wrestling, which is super, super weird. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, Garza pins Tozawa. She couldn't hold him back. But he is making fun of Austin Theory the entire time. I'll say, I don't think it's fine. You know why it's not fine? Because, again, they had 30 minutes of fluff. True. Yeah. Why didn't they even get an entrance? Yeah. I don't care if they don't get an entrance. How about you ring the bell there in the ring? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I say give him an interest if you're going to have all this BS fluff, but right. I don't like it, especially in these no empty arena shows. Who are you wrestling yeah. for? I There's nobody him. there. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Even the pre-recorded shows, they did this. It's like, come on, guys. You can edit it. Right. Like, they would they would go to commercial and come back, and they'd be in a different situation. I'm like, but why? It's pre-recorded. These are live now, obviously, which is, again, uh, I don't know. It worked for AEW, so I can't complain too much. Uh Next week's episode, by the way, tomorrow is pre-recorded because they're recording two weeks at a time. Right. So we'll Which see how fine. that goes. It's perfectly that fine with me. Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega had two matches in one night. Wow. Yep. After yep. that match, holy smokes. Maybe they filmed the other one first. Yeah, but anyways, to, to cut from commercial when you're in the middle of a match in an empty arena on a three-hour show with 30 minutes of fluff is dumb. There might have been more than 30 minutes of fluff. With Akira Tozawa, who we know is going to lose... Because he always loses, yeah. and I don't like it, and I want him to win, and that's all I have to say. Yeah, he's winning on on uh, two hundred five live right now. 
Yeah. yeah, they had mentioned on there, uh, Akira Tozawa is having a resurgence of a career. And I'm like, really? Every time I see him, he loses. And they're like, on NXT, I was like, oh, I don't watch that show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Uh, Garza is like holding Tozawa up to the for the wing clipper. And he's like staring at Austin Theory. He's like, bro, I can do this all day. All day, all night, all year. Wing clipper, Penson. Austin Theory gets in the ring. Andrade gets in the ring. Zelina Vega gets in the ring. And Angel Garza and Andrade are like berating Austin Theory. They have given no explanation as to why this is happening. They just decided to write it this way. I don't uh, like that. So there is an explanation, but they did a terrible job of explaining it. What was uh, the explanation? Austin Theory on Twitter was saying how he's the best wrestler at, on WWE Raw. And uh, Angel Garza got upset on that about that on Twitter. But again, nobody knows that. You have a three-hour show. Explain it. They couldn't put that on there. They told us 17 times that Becky gave up the belt. They couldn't put his Twitter thing on there for five seconds. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. Unless they're trying to kayfabe in another reason why he's upset. That's very it, it, silly. Yeah. Poor so, writing. Yeah, it was dumb. So they're arguing. And then Drew McIntyre's music hits. He comes out. He kicks Austin Theory's head off. As a matter of fact, they were wrestling in Orlando. And I'm pretty sure that here in Jacksonville, I have Austin Theory's head somewhere in my yard. Because that is how far Drew McIntyre kicked it. Uh, he, he beats up Angel Garza, tosses him out of the ring. I think it's worth mentioning. He kicked Austin Theory's head off, and then Angel Garza laughs. Right. Good. Yeah, he sure did. Yep. So he tosses Angel Garza out of the ring, and then Andrade and Drew McIntyre are squaring up to each other, and Drew says, come on, Andrade, be a man, do something. And so Andrade looks fierce and scared at the same time. What a wonderful look. Andrade is a master. And Drew McIntyre says, get us a ref. They go to commercial, come back. Here's your match. This match was great. It was so it good. It was so good, but how could it not be? It's Drew McIntyre and Andrade, right? We just saw this match too, but still, so good. <laughs> but still. So basically, Drew McIntyre beats up Andrade for the most part. There's one spot where Andrade goes under the ring, and Drew McIntyre is like trying to pull him out by his leg, and then Andrade pulls his leg in, and like Drew McIntyre hits his face on the ring. Yeah, it was a really cool spot. It was just an interesting spot. It's just different. It's not the same thing you see all the time. <clears throat> yeah. It was really I, good. I, I'd never seen that spot before, and it was a very good heel tactic. Yeah, exactly. And it made and of course, Drew look like such a champion, man. It he's does. so yeah. alpha. He's like... It, he's crazy. He's not the dumb babyface champion we've seen so many times before. He's mm -hmm. definitely... He's something different this time. And yeah. I really got it one in this match, too, by the way. Like three times, it seemed yeah. like. It's like all he does. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how they can... They're, they're, he's going to have the belt for a long time. Yeah, and he, he has, has to. I mean, it, I, I don't see anybody beating him. Who beats Drew McIntyre? I don't, nobody. Nobody should beat Drew McIntyre because he's the man. He's so it's so what you said is right. It's different. It's new. The way he's t taking this character on, and it's it's fun. I enjoy seeing him talk, and and then 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 he's good in the ring too. So. Yeah, Drew McIntyre. As I said, he was he's going to be a star, and he will will be if he's not already. But the reality is, he is someone that the casuals and the hardcore fans are going to get behind. Mm -hmm. That's why he's going to be a star, 
100%. And Vince. Vince is going to get behind him, and he's important. Uh, after the match, Drew cuts a promo and says, guess what? There's an invitational now. And Baron Corbin from SmackDown accepted the invitation, and he challenged me. So next week, we're going to get Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin. And I'm not going to lie. Kind of excited for it. You know what it means about Drew McIntyre? <laughs> Sorry, Carol. Go ahead. That was very loud. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, headphone listeners. So I'll, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a break. We'll speak very softly for a moment. In my defense, I... that was the wavelengths on my screen are still smaller than Matthew's regular talking. <laughs> <laughs> and especially his laughing. Uh, I was just going to say what it is about Drew McIntyre is he's still as happy today as he was when he won the belt. Right. And that's fun to watch. He And he's like, I'm going to kill him. And he's laughing and he's having fun. Uh huh. And you're like, okay, all right. I'm having fun too. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's, and he's cutting the promo and he's like, he put on a, a great, oop, I got to keep it PG, a great freaking fight. Yeah. And he's just like, okay, this, this guy's cool. Yeah. This guy's, this guy's cool. Uh, he acknowledges that we're in the PG era for one, but can we talk about the Invitational? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, let's do it. Why? Why do we have the wild? Why is the wild card back? It's a little different. So of course they'll yeah, just make it's it different, and then they're calling it an Invitational. So the Fox in USA says, "Hey, the ratings are slumping. We want you to have people from both shows." Um. I don't have a problem with it as long as they end it when the fans come back. I'm okay I'm gonna, with it right now. I'm going to give them a little bit of advice. If the ratings are slumping, don't put Baron Corbin on the TV. If Baron <laughs> Corbin is on my solution. TV, I'm turning the channel. Yeah. It's not the solution. It's, it's not enough that I have to watch him on Fridays. Now I have to watch him on Monday, too. Yeah. I don't understand why brand to brand matters. I don't know who's on which show because they've been <laughs> crossing over so many times. Who cares? Yeah. It's not like this isn't news. The problem yeah. is Baron Corbin's on SmackDown, and I, I have to prepare myself for two hours a week of potentially seeing Baron Corbin. I can't handle five hours of him potentially being there. <laughs> you have to be on edge for five hours of your life. I know. Week. I have to be on oh, alert. Yeah. I have to be on here at any moment. But yeah, I I really don't care about the Invitational. It doesn't bug me as much as it bugs a lot of people, but it really does bug me that I have to see Baron Corbin. At least I get to see Drew kick his head off. Yeah, I want to see his crown knocked into the Atlantic Ocean. That's what I want to see. <laughs> this would be a good way to ride off the King gimmick, wouldn't it? It would be. He could kick. If, the, he could bend the crown. What if he claymored him so hard that he bent the crown and he couldn't wear it yeah. anymore? Rips the scepter, just like breaks it over his knee. Oh, that'd be just, so good. That would yeah. be worth it. That would be worth having to see Baron Corbin. Uh-huh. He's going to beat the crap out of him. I'm ready to be done with the king. I'm yeah. ready to be done with that. Yeah. I don't hate Baron Corbin. I don't like the king thing. I yeah. don't. It's overdone. We've done it. Let's move on. Those gimmicks always last too long. Yeah. So we go backstage and MVP is talking to Bobby Lashley. And he's like, bro, listen, nothing gets Humberto. He's a great athlete, which was nice. MVP smart. He's still putting the guy over. He's not burying him. He said, but what are you doing wrestling him, Bobby? Bobby, do you remember the last time you had a WWE Championship match? I do, because I was here. It was in 2007, Bobby Lashley. That's when I was starting. I left and came back, and you're still in the same spot that you were when you when I left. I said, Bobby Lashley, you are too good to be relegated to this. And he pats him on the shoulder. He leaves. Then he sees Lana and says, Hey, Lana, I don't know if Bobby's like looking for any kind of new management, but if he if he does, 
make sure you let me know. Then he walks away, and Lana screams like an idiot. I'm not. I'm not gonna. She like melted. I don't know what happened. It was. A it was like if you had a computer that like <laughs> yes. dragging. You'll be dragging the window, and all of a sudden it'll make a thousand little copies of that window, and it just screws <laughs> up, and all this, all doing all this stuff, and you don't know what's going on. It doesn't make uh-huh. any sense. That's Lana's brain in this moment. What was she yeah. doing? Lana is a she poor actress. An actress. Yeah. Yeah. She's not good at what she does. Sorry. Oh. Gosh, that was way worse than anything Brandy Rose has ever done. Yeah, she's terrible. Lana's awful. This was such a good segment if Lana would have gotten released with Rusev. Right? Actually, you know what? Keep Lana on WWE. Keep keep her away from Rusev. Yes. My gosh, do you want to see her on AEW? Of course, she was on AEW. They might make her good. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know if anybody holds that power. (laughs) Yeah, this was a really good segment, and I'm glad to see... I'm glad to see Bobby Lashley finally have some direction because he's he's an insane athlete. He needs yeah. to have something to do that's important and not some stupid wedding uh, angle going on. Yeah. Uh, that the whole thing's dumb. Or but tire yeah, flipping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> MVP and Bobby Lashley would is going to be a really good uh, team, I think. Uh, and yeah. I know I talked about they were they were teasing Apollo Creed for uh, MVP. Apollo Cruz, whatever. Uh, Apollo. Uh, I'm sure they'll drop his last name at some point. Yeah. <laughs> just, just 100% Lashley and Apollo. Yep. He's going to be. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I guess maybe Lashley's going to do it. Maybe they're going to bring both of them in. I don't know. I'm, I'm liking Lashley and MVP, though. I think they'll be a good team. Yeah, same. 100%. I like MVP in this uh, father, player, coach kind of thing going yeah. on. Works pretty good. I liked MVP when he was uh, he was popular. He's not the greatest wrestler in the world anymore. Not that he ever was. No, but he's but, uh, always been good. He's never been yeah. great, but he's always been good. It, it's nice he's to great see great on him. the mic. Yeah, he's he's very good on the mic. He's perfect for a manager role, and he can still go in the ring. Right. He's, he obviously has a lot of ring rust. Maybe he could work that out if he had some more reps. But he doesn't have to. He's great on the mic. Let him let him just be on the mic and let him have Bobby Lashley kill people. Yeah, let him do his thing. And please, God, get Lana off my TV. Yes, never again. We had a moment of bliss next. And Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are out there. And they're talking. They're just kind of rambling, to be honest with you. And they were interrupted by the Iconics. Iconic! The returning Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. And they're just as good as we all remember. And yet, are they annoying? Yeah. But they're supposed to be. They are good in this role. You know, the difference between the Iconics and Lana is Lana is annoying that her voice makes me want to turn off my, ch- my turn off my TV. The Iconics are annoying because they're funnily annoying. Like, they're funny. They're, they're, they banter off of each other very well. They constantly scream whenever something happens in the ring doesn't go their way. They're just good at what they do and they're not two of the best wrestlers in the world but they're two very entertaining ones 100 so they cut this little promo they basically say they want to shout out the titles alexa nikki's like ha 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 you don't deserve it and so the iconics go let's wrestle right now and then we all know what's going to happen because there's a stipulation in a wwe performers contract is that if you are a champion and you wrestle in a non-title match you are not allowed to win that match. Which is real. It's in every contract. Go look it up. Hashtag kayfabe news. And uh, yeah. 
the the Iconics got the pin over Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. And what blew my mind is during this match, one of the announcers, I think it was Tom Phillips, says, and don't forget, if you pin a champion in WWE, you could be in line for a shot in the future. Well, it's the dumbest line I've ever freaking heard, Tom Phillips. If you beat the champion, you of course deserve a shot. It's, ugh. Nothing against Tom Phillips. I'm sure it was fed to him. He does He does a very good job. But it wasn't the dumbest line of the night. No, it no. wasn't, but it was bad. No, Charlie gave the dumbest it line of the night. It gets worse. No, yeah. I, I, I think, uh, I don't know which one it was. I don't know any of the announced team other than Samoa Joe. One of them was talking about the roof situation later, and it was just really dumb. Okay, we'll talk about that too. So yes, this match was fine. Uh, I'm very should, excited to see the Iconics back. I like them a lot. We should mention the Iconics won from a heel tactic, so at least they didn't who, win clean. Who cares? They yeah, still I, I know, it's dumb. it's dumb. And I knew they were going to win as soon as the match started. And I was like, oh, not championship match. They're returning. They're going to win. Right. Yeah. I think so earlier in the show... Early in the show, I somehow missed it when Becky was having an interview about her new baby, and all the faces were in there hugging her. You know, Rey Mysterio, R Truth, Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, Natty, just a lot of faces congratulating her, right? Yeah, well, the now, street prophets were there, and they had a great yes. line. And he said, Oh, Becky, you're used to carrying some weight around your uh, around your waist, so you'll do fine. And I was like, That's a really good line. <laughs> I, I respect that. Good on you. Yeah. Whichever street prophet you are, because I don't know your names. <laughs> Montez Ford is the uh, funny one. Angela yeah, Dawkins. It's not that I don't know which is which. I don't know their names. Yeah. Uh, Angela Dawkins is <laughs> funny and good. Don't get me wrong. Montez Ford. Montez Ford is Otis, and Angela Dawkins is Tucker, which means they're both obnoxiously talented, but Otis and Montez Ford have so much charisma yeah. that it's literally falling out of each hole of theirs. Like all of their nose, their mouth, their ears, their eyeballs. It's just like, it's like oozing out of them because they have so much charisma. That's a it's great incredible. visual. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Manny. That was good. It's like green slime. Like, come on, just think Ninja Turtles. Come on. Ooze. Um, Charlie Caruso's backstage with Rey Mysterio now. And she's like, hey, Ray, you're alive, man. And he's like, yeah, I'm alive. I got tossed off a roof and I saw my life flash before my eyes, but turns out there's a smaller roof. I hated this. I hated this. Why did they make him do this? It was so bad. I'm sorry, Turns out there was a crash pad there. It's like, but it turned out there was a second roof and the same thing happened to my partner and I'm just like, who made you say these things? (laughs) Sorry, Ray. So, Ray's like, Okay, he had a better line coming up. So Ray's there, and he's there's a much better line. And so Ray is there, and uh, he said, once I realized that I wasn't dead, I saw Alistair Black land beside me, and it was too late for us to go back up and try to get the ladder, or try to get the, the, uh, the briefcase. So Seth Rollins comes up looking very frazzled. He looks like a cat. His hair is all over the place. Um, so Rey Mysterio's like, hey man, I know we don't always see the eye to eye and I know we have a match tonight, but seriously, congratulations on becoming a father. And Seth Rollins just like turns away and walks away and Rey Mysterio looks over to Charlie and in very un-Mysterio-like fashion, Rey Mysterio, who, like John Cena, is generally targeted towards children. Rey Mysterio with the flashy colors and the small stature, all the kids love him, goes, what a dick. 
<laughs> we just we lost it. It was I the funniest thing. So hard at this. Rey Mysterio is incredible. the The delivery was just so good. I loved every minute. And I know Rey Mysterio is your favorite wrestler, potentially of all time. Definitely That's the best line he's ever had. It's so good. It was. It was just so good and so simple. He's just Rey is a national treasure. He's so it's it's amazing how far he's came on his his talking because he wasn't very good to begin with. No, he's he used to be fantastic or the best yeah. of all time as far as wrestler goes. But uh, oh my gosh, this was so natural. This is I feel like this is how Rey Mysterio actually is in real life. Right. <laughs> he's not like this superhero figure that's always like upright. And he's just like, oh man, that guy right there. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I was. <laughs> and especially the fact that it was Seth Rollins who came in. Right. And and I like to. So first of all, I'm surprised they even mentioned that Seth Rollins is the father. Yeah, I, I, because, I mean, yeah, they showed them dating a couple months back, remember? But yeah. now that he's like this terrible, horrible person, like you don't really want to put him with Becky. Yeah, when he was a face, they mentioned it a few times. But now that she's a face and he's this terrible person heel, they really haven't mentioned it. And I thought they would probably just go along with the, him not even mentioning it with him at all. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So in kayfabe, my idea is he just found out that his girlfriend's pregnant. <laughs> and no, she told the WWE universe before she told her fiance, <laughs> and he is just broken over this. He, he thought she was on. He thought she was on the pill. How could this happen? <laughs> and he's just broken up over this. He already looks like he's had a. He has a toddler. He's walking around. He's got like bits of cereal in his hair. It's just <laughs> he's he's all messed up, man. He's all messed up. <laughs> It was really good. Um, we have this really weird backstage segment where our truth cuts a promo, and he says, "I've brought what? Like I brought my cousin or something?" Yeah. He does a three hundred and sixty and comes back. His eyes are crossed. He's got bubba teeth in, and it says, "Pretty Ricky is back, baby." I'm like, "All right, it's fine." Can Arch? Can anybody get over a set of bubba teeth? I'm not even sure Chris Jericho could get over a set of bubba teeth. I'm pretty so, sure our truth did. Almost so. positive. So I like dumb things, which uh-huh. is probably why I enjoyed this episode more than you did. <laughs> this was this is too dumb. This is too dumb. Didn't for like Our truth is hilarious. He's great. But leave the bubba teeth at home, man. <laughs> we don't we don't need this. I'm if okay as long as it's a one off. I hope Vince McMahon didn't like it because if of he, course if, he did. If, if he liked it, we this is it's going to be our truth versus these bubba teeth. For the next 18 weeks, just like Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. He's, he's going to start talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> this is little Jimmy. No, yeah. Did you like the Bubba Teeth? Did I like them? Not really. Um, I'm not super against it, but I don't want it to become his new thing. He's too good. Yeah. He's too funny and he doesn't need this. Um, I didn't like it. It was okay. I don't know. But as I said, clearly... It's just, it's it's our truth because you can see him taking the teeth out and putting them in his pocket. So, you know, get, get with he's the not, camera angles, guys. He's not an illusionist. I mean, if you really <laughs> want us to believe this, you're going to have to do some camera work. That's terrific. Come on. So MVP Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne wrestled Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, and R-Truth next. And the match is exactly what you thought it was. Uh, R-Truth put his teeth in a couple times. Uh, R-Truth pinned MVP. Bobby Lashley came out, destroyed R-Truth, and tells MVP, I need to talk to you. They both leave. 
He says, MVP, do you know a good divorce lawyer? <laughs> and MVP's like, I know a guy. He's like, really? actually, now that you mention it. Uh, no, I actually thought this match was a good match, though. It was um, good. And R-Truth had some really cool spots. When he first gets R-Truth started out in the match against, I don't know, one of the Shane uh, random, one of the random creative wrestlers from SmackDown vs. Raw. <laughs> um, and he like did his split thing, which is really cool and he's really charismatic. And the guy's like uh-huh. dead near 50 years old. Yeah. And then the guy, the other guy is watching him and he's like, oh, man, that's cool. And then he kicks him and he makes him do a split. And uh-huh. the guy can't get up. He's like this 20-year-old. And our truths like, yeah, man, I still got it. I thought that was, was a really cool spot. I think cool that our truth, Cedric Alexander, and Ricochet would be a fantastic trios team. Would yeah. you not love to see Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, two guys who notably don't have great promos, be right. managed by our truth and sometimes have a trios match? That would be great. They yeah. do need to, to up the intelligence scale a little bit on our truth to make it possible, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, bring him down from like a season nine Kevin to like a season two Kevin from The Office. Right. Those that watch The Office will know. Uh, if they if they were to do something like that, it'd be great. Uh, I don't think they will because it makes too much sense. They'll probably just keep burying Cedric Alexander and Ricochet until they leave and go to AEW. That's fine. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. Um, but yeah, this was I thought it was a good match. It wasn't. It had no meaning other than you know the ending with Bobby Lashley coming in. It was just fifty fifty booking. But it was. I was surprised to see our truth get the pin on MVP. Yeah, I, I like seeing our truth actually wrestle. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He and is Ricochet. really good at what he does. I like seeing yeah. Ricochet wrestle. And Cedric, I, was, I like all of them. It's true. I agree. I don't know the other team. I don't really care about them. But I like I like our winners here. They're pretty good. Yeah. I like solid. I like your idea, Micah. And that is something that they should do. But I am living for Ricochet versus Darby Allen. Uh-huh. So I've got yeah. to see that. Yep. 100%. Jinder Mahal is backstage. And basically says, I'm so happy for my old buddy, Tru- uh, my old buddy Drew. But as a former WWE champion, I also deserve the praise that I'm getting. I think this time, my journey to the top will be a hero's journey. And he leaves. AJ Styles is backstage. AJ Styles is the absolute best. And he is holding popcorn as we go to see The Undertaker's Last Ride promo. And he, like, watches it. He stands up. He's got an Undertaker shirt on that says Phenom. His tights are black and purple. He throws the popcorn at the screen and storms off because AJ Styles is amazing and he's also a toddler. (laughs) Here comes the highlight of the show. You thought Becky Lynch was the highlight. No, says Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler's backstage and my little brother says, he texts me and says, have you seen all of Raw yet? And I say no. And he said, cool. Shayna Baszler has a line that you're really going to like. And I thought, no, probably going to hate on Seth Rollins. She did. I love you, Shayna Baszler. So she literally says, you tell me if I'm wrong. She says, I'm not sure why everyone is celebrating Becky Lynch. She's an absolute idiot. She has worked her entire life to get to where she is. She is literally on top of the mountain. And then she goes and gets knocked up. She got knocked up while she's champion. Yep, while she's champion. She's like, what kind of idiot gets knocked up while she's champion? Yeah, yeah. And then so she basically says, you know, 10 out of 10 mothers will swear that, you know, pregnancy didn't ruin their careers. But let's be clear. Becky Lynch is throwing away her career to house some, I believe the line was, miserable parasite. Yep, that's it. 
And she says, can you imagine the man, barefoot and pregnant, sitting on the couch eating bonbons? I'm like, this is a funny visual. Thank you, Shana. And she says, everyone thinks they're going to have this amazing kid. But do you know who the father is? Yeah. I think she said that kid's going to suck. I think that's what yeah, she said. She said, she said that kid's going to suck. You know who the father is, right? I rest my case and walks away. I'm like, this is the greatest thing and all of the things I've ever seen of the things. Yeah, I've it never. so good. I've never been over on Shayna Baszler, but I might buy a Shayna Baszler t-shirt after this. <laughs> this is the best promo of all time. First of all, she's saying what we're all thinking. Don't right. act like you're not thinking it. My beautiful wife <laughs> said the same thing when she was talking. I mean, it was it was so good. Whoever wrote this promo, I don't know if Shayna came up with it, probably not, because that's not how WWE works. But whoever came up with this promo, write all the promos. All of them. Right. All the heel promos should be yours. It was so so good. What it did too is it got Shayna over for for us because it was really good, and it, and it puts on you know the heel persona, but it also allowed those of us in the audience who are thinking these things but feel ashamed to say them out loud. It allowed us to live through her, right, and have it be said by someone so we could go, "Yep, you know, I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it because exactly. it makes me sound like a heel." But let Shayna be a heel in my place, and so that's really good writing when you can reach your audience that way. Yeah, one hundred percent. Which is very, be cool. very good. Even Ronda Rousey decided to leave for an impregnation vacation. It's That's true. why she dropped the title at WrestleMania last year. she'll never come back. <laughs> she'll probably come back. Uh, so, yes, this was an amazing promo, and I loved every second of it, especially the ending. And look, I'm not saying that what Becky did was wrong. Absolutely not. Just because you're an entertainer doesn't mean that you can't leave at any time. But... Is, was there not a better way to do this? If if they were trying, shouldn't she have said, maybe I should drop the title to Shayna? Maybe. And maybe it wasn't next to that. I don't know. I, I, I don't have any idea. I'm just saying that what Shayna says has at least an inkling of truth to it. That's why it was so relatable. Does yeah. that make sense? That makes and sense. Especially not, coming not, from a heel. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're not condemning Becky. No, at not at all. It's it, You have a life. Go have a life. Absolutely. Honey, like, have a life. But it's those suspicions that right. you have as you're sitting watching this where you're like, wow, I wonder if, if they were trying to get pregnant or if it was a surprise. Or, well, Shayna said those things out loud. Right. I mean, us. have you seen Seth Rollins? It was a surprise. He's had a rough couple days. He's alive, by the way. We're very, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I was just saying he's had a rough couple days. He has, this poor guy. Remember, you and Alistair Black are alive. They only fell six feet. Um, Baron Corbin had a promo that I'm not even going to go over, but whatever. Uh, Ray Mysterio and Alistair Black are alive. They are wrestling Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Seth Rollins looks like an insane zombie. His hair is still frizzy. He's walking slow to the ring. Buddy Murphy's looking at him like he has no idea what's going on. Seth Rollins is on the apron as Buddy Murphy is wrestling. And Buddy's like, bro, like he's taking control over Alistair Black. And he's like, Seth, tag me, Seth. Nothing. Seth stares into the same spot for a long time. Now, this handicap match, this quasi-handicap match with Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, and Buddy Murphy, of course is good, right? Of it course really it good. is. But there's one spot where Aleister Black like gets kicked towards Seth, and he looks up at him, and Seth like slowly lifts his head and stares at Aleister Black. And then when Aleister turns around to start fighting Buddy again, 
Seth goes to the same spot. Well, you get to a point where Rey Mysterio gets... First of all, the match is insane. Please go watch it. It was good. And Rey Mysterio gets thrown in the corner, and he's just kind of out of it. But he fights back Buddy Murphy, and then he elbows Seth Rollins in the stomach. So, this is why I hated this Raw. Because so many of these dumb, freaking stupid things happened on this show. So many bad lines, so many obnoxiously poor writing, that when Rey Mysterio is going for a 619 on Buddy Murphy, Seth Rollins, a legal competitor mm -hmm. who was just attacked in this match, mm -hmm. grabs Rey Mysterio, intercepts him, protects his tag team partner, and throws Rey Mysterio onto the ground. Mm -hmm. What happens, say you? What happens, wrestling fan, that has been watching wrestling for one month, one year, or one decade, or perhaps longer? What happens when something like this happens? When a legal competitor attacks another one? Obviously, you get disqualified because that is what happened. Seth Rollins attacked Rey Mysterio, and the ref immediately calls for the bell. It wasn't like, oh man, Seth Rollins isn't a legal competitor. He just won't let up. He's been attacking Rey Mysterio for longer than the count of five. Disqualification, no. Immediately, this drove me mad. I hated this, and it ruined what was a really great match and what was a pretty cool follow-up because then Seth Rollins like yells at Buddy Murphy and says, Stay back. This is mine. Tosses Aleister Black over the barricade. that doesn't need to be there because there's no fans. Thank you for my beautiful wife pointing that out. And he just starts... Punching Rey Mysterio in the eye, he grabs Rey Mysterio and shoves his eye into the ring steps. His eye starts bleeding. It's a great visual. And uh, they have to take his mask off. You don't see his face, of course. And their, their trainers are checking on Rey's eye. The match was great. The follow-up was great. The ending was the stupidest freaking thing I have seen in a long freaking time. And this is the WWE we're talking about. My voice is getting hoarse. I hated it so much. So, yes, the match was very good. The ending was very stupid. What happened after the match was very good. So, I don't know. I don't care as much as you do. So, maybe that's why it doesn't bother me it's as much. It's so dumb! Like, if what's AEW... the watching this if there's no rules? It's supposed to be quasi-real, right? Yeah, but I, I feel the same way on AEW and the other spectrum a lot of times. Yeah. So, I guess I kind of have to be fair to them. It was stupid. Yeah, but they did the same thing like three weeks ago. Somebody hit somebody against the, the stairs and they DQ'd him. It was, yep. it was dumb. Also dumb. Equally, yeah. no, not equally, but very stupid. So it it was very dumb. It was very poorly handled. Uh, I don't know if it was a botch or if this is how they wrote it and they're just dumb, which is entirely possible. 100% how they wrote it. It didn't ruin the show for me. It definitely ruined the match for me. It was because it was otherwise a very good match and a really cool story and everything with it. And Seth Rollins had some really cool little reactions, not reactions, but non-reactions, I guess I should say. Uh, but yeah, but what happened after the match with him just killing Ray? Yeah. Man, Ray had some good acting chops in that. He was yeah, he screaming, and I was like, "Oh man, my heart hurt for Ray Mysterio." I know it's not real because you could see he didn't actually hit the steps, but man, and it was blood. I don't know. This is the first time WWE's shown blood in a while. Yeah, uh, he had like a blood packet in his mask or something, I guess. Um, yeah, I thought what happened after the match was cool. I agree. The ending was very stupid, but I guess I'm just accustomed to it now. You know, it's just, this is the way they do things. Desensitized. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm almost at, I'm, I'm in between. I'm not indifferent. Um, I'm not as impassioned as some people, but I find it very silly. 
Um, as you said, no warnings. The ref didn't give any warnings. Another time, a ref might have kept, you know, just would have said, Seth, stop it, uh, 15 times. Right. And there would never have been a DQ. But here, I mean, there was, it didn't make sense. Why? Was it, why? I don't understand why I was disqualified. Why? If it were AEW, he could hit him with a sledgehammer and he wouldn't have gotten disqualified. Yeah, he yeah. is the master of the DQ because he got disqualified in a Hell in a Cell match as well. Remember that? <sighs> yep. So, uh, we're backstage now with Rey Mysterio, and the trainers are working on him. Aleister Black is there. And Seth Rollins goes, Ray, Ray, And he's, he's calling him from across the hall. He gets there, and the trainers are like, nope. They pick up Ray and help him. Like, he's staggering across. Aleister Black is squaring up on Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. And Seth, looking... Absolutely bewilder, bewildered, looks at Alistair and says, Dude, I don't even know what happened out there. And then Alistair Black attacks Buddy Murphy. They're fighting and brawling. And Seth Rollins just walks off. Mm-hmm. And I, I love, hate this. It's a new direction for someone that I don't care for. So, fine. It's interesting. It, it was pretty cool. My only problem with this is why did Aleister Black attack Murphy? Yeah, yeah instead of Seth. Next, yeah, I would have decked Seth. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can actually see Seth just walking in the background towards where Ray was. It made yeah. me think we were going to cut to him a little later, but I, I, we never did. Spoiler alert. Right. Uh, but it was a pretty cool segment. Uh, you could see Ray's face, and that bothered me as an old school Ray fan. Uh, well, you couldn't see all of it, though. You can see too much of his face. You can see the part of the face you don't normally see, and you can put the two together. Yes, you can Google Ray Mysterio, and he puts his pictures on Instagram, and, you know, (laughs) hey, Faith is dead now. But come on, man. Be be respectful of Ray Mysterio. Don't show his face. This is what we're really passionate about. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that actually bothered me more than the DQ finish did, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. (laughs) So the Viking Raiders are playing the Street Province in basketball now. And I absolutely refuse to cover this, but I'm going to give you guys a brief history, and if either one of you want to add to it, that's fine. Uh, the Street Profits destroy the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders do not know how to play basketball. They make the very last basket, and the Street Profits are like, uh, the Viking Raiders are excited that they won. The Street Profits are like, no, you didn't win. You guys suck. We beat you 74-2. to two. And they're like, oh, but you know we let you win, right? Now, first of all, I want to say, before this, there was 15 minutes of basketball segments that were not funny. Okay? Weren't funny. They were bad. And so, Eric says, you know, we let you in, right? And they're like, no, of course you didn't. And he goes, Ivar, show him. And we go to, like, these shots where Ivar's shooting these baskets from all over the court. He gets a hook shot from the middle court. He, or from half court. He goes and dunks the ball. All this is obviously edited. Micah, where did we see a basketball game on a wrestling-related show? I don't know. A week and a half ago? So, two weeks ago on BTE, Matt and Nick Jackson and Malachi Jackson, which is their other brother. Yeah, the referee. Played a game of BTE horse. And uh, they had the same edited shots. Pretty much. The same ones. They were the same ones. <laughs> the same edited shots. The same overall story. Uh, I wish you all, I hate this is radio. I wish you all could see my beautiful wife's face. She didn't know this. And like, she is so shocked. <laughs> Yeah, it was, come on guys, it was a BTE segment. It's it all was. it was. So I'll be honest with you, I thought this was going to be the dumbest thing ever. I didn't actually hate this. I didn't hate it. That's it why was, you didn't hate the show, because I hated, this is why I hated the show. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. It wasn't good. 
It wasn't good. I thought this was going to be the bottom tier, maybe how Matthew thought about it, the bottom tier in Raw history. But it was just, I don't know, it kind of reminded me of like the old MVP Matt Hardy things they had. Remember when they were like trying to one-up each other in different competitions? Yeah. Um, like the Mr. Perfect segments from way back. Uh, it was 100% a BTE segment. Not even the fact they just played basketball on BTE. This is something you would see on Being the Elite. It's something that's stupid. It doesn't yep. make any sense. But it's kind of funny. And I think maybe, you may agree with me, I think if it weren't the Viking Raiders, you may have enjoyed it more. Is that possible? Uh, if that it were, entirely, yes, that's if true. If it were the Street Profits versus Ricochet Lucha and Cedric, or Lucha House Party, yeah, you would have enjoyed it more. It's that the fact correct. that they've taken a tag team that you like and you respected and made them a comedy character. That has a lot to do with it, yes. I don't give a crap about the Viking Raiders. <laughs> I so, love the Viking Raiders. They're so good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen them be good. So I don't. I never watched their NXT stuff or anything when they were really good or were dominant. I don't care. So I thought the segment was okay. It was kind of, it was kind of funny. And it's better than replaying an old match. They tried something different. It's better than Carpool Karaoke. Yes, that was bad. It's that better than the, the Saturday Night Live segment they did. Whew, they've had some bad stuff here recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it wasn't terrible. And it, it didn't ruin the show for me. So I, I think that's why we differ. Mm. My mind is blown. I totally forgot about the BTE basketball <laughs> game. 100% forgot. You so didn't I watch it though? I watched it. I and you, just you saw the not, same shots, the I same did not exact make shot that association, and so now I don't know what to do. Yeah, with you, had, you had you had Malachi Jackson with a half court shot, and then yeah. it would zoom in on the basket, and the ball would go in, and yeah. they did the exact same thing with Ivar. It's like, come on, guys! I'm not saying Vince McMahon watches BTE and he ripped that off, but somebody at WWE Creative watches BTE and uh-huh. stole this segment 100 yeah. percent because it's like this is a watch BTE, brother. Let's just. That's good writing. Let's just do it. No one will know. No one will notice. But what I didn't like, what I don't understand, what doesn't make logical sense to me, why do the Vikings wait until they've lost to show, oh, actually, we're really good. We let you in. That's not how you do it. You, I don't understand. You, why? You, you, you let them, I don't get it. So what they should have done, they should have had the original segment been like, I don't know, 10 minutes shorter. And then had the extra segment, and then be like, well, you know, we let you win, right? Or no, they shouldn't have said they let you win. They should have said, hey, man, let's put some money on it. Yes, that's like, how you do this. <laughs> let's and put then... 50 gold doubloons on this match. <laughs> whatever the Vikings <laughs> yes. use. Would have been and great. then you pull out the skills, and you win the game. Ha ha. They don't and... understand how to run a con. I don't understand. Yeah, and it's, the, that con is in like every '90s show. Every show. Yeah, I mean, come the, on, guys. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air with Uncle Phil coming in with the pool. We just yes. watched that. Yeah, yes. so good. That you was gotta, what bothered me. Yeah, yeah if they would have done that, I think it would have been a very good segment. But yeah. they didn't for some reason. I don't know. They could have, and they should have had them beat them. I don't know, seventy-five to two to show that they right. are better. Yeah. I don't know. And it was like they're they're like we're not actually bad at basketball we're just really bad at hustling like it just was dumb. <laughs> yeah, they should have next week. They should have the Street Profits hustle the Viking Raiders and show that they're better at that than, than the Viking Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we we're getting along, so we're gonna skip through the rest of the show. So Shanna Baszler's backstage with Natalia, and she's the, and Natalia says, "I can't believe that you say those things about Becky. I'm gonna make you pay." And for some reason, Shayna Baszler says. Well, 
I don't understand why that bothers you. You're obviously never going to have a kid. The Hart Dynasty, Dynasty dies with you and walks off. I'm like, that's a very strange thing to say, Shayna. I didn't get it. I didn't get yeah. it. People don't talk like that. No. Nah. Uh, then you had no, Shayna versus... Like yeah, so you had Shayna versus Natty. Shayna won, pretty convincingly. Uh, there was the Baron Corbin backstage segment. Blech. And then you have Edge versus Orton. Uh, I do not understand why this is continuing. Also, you know who doesn't understand? Edge. Edge comes out and says, hey, I don't, I don't understand why we're doing this. Apparently no one talked to me because they're like, is Edge going to hunt Orton? No. I just beat him at WrestleMania. As far as I'm concerned, it's done. Then Orton comes out. And he's like, bro, bro, look, I just wanted to let you know. Congratulations, man. He leaves. Comes back and he's like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Look, the better man may have won. Yes, the better man won at WrestleMania. But the better wrestler didn't. So I know we just had this big fight, but now let's have a wrestling match. Which is very backwards than what, how they used to do their feuds. Mm-hmm. And Edge looks bewildered. Yeah. The whole time. Bewildered by the congratulations. And then when Randy turns around and comes back, his eyebrows just shoot up higher. He just becomes even more bewildered. It's, I don't know. And so basically, he challenges the wrestling match and Charlie gets in the ring out of nowhere and gives... The worst line of the night, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And says, Edge, do you have anything to say? And Edge is dumbfounded. <laughs> this guy, he's like, so a wrestler challenged me to a wrestling match? I, who am also a wrestler, <laughs> what, what do I respond to that? And Charlie says, well, if you do accept, I do believe that this would be the best match ever. But she didn't deliver it that way. And faded to black. She said, I believe that this could be the best match ever. And I'm like, <laughs> what? what? Why? Why would you think that? No one thinks that, Charlie. First of all, no one wants this match. Even Edge doesn't want this match. Okay? <laughs> Look at his face. We all wanted Edge to come back after nine years. Oh, we can have these new feuds. Can you imagine? Edge versus Kevin Owens? Edge versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Edge versus Drew McIntyre. Oh my gosh. We could have Edge versus Daniel Bryan. Can you, Wait, wait, wait. Edge versus AJ Styles. That's something we've never seen before. No. We get Edge versus Randy Orton twice. Do you know how many times these two guys have been in a ring together? This is so stupid. It's so dumb. And first of all, the WrestleMania match was crap. And secondly... The ending was perfect to that crap match. He bookended it. He literally bookended Randy Orton's head with a chair. <laughs> Randy Orton should have came out with a neck brace. That'd have been great. <laughs> it, it's over. This feud is over. But they're milking it some more. So, I hated it. I hated Charlie's line. Raw was just dumb. I, I, it was so stupid. It was so stupid. Ugh. And with that, okay. we lose Matthew Sanders. So, so... Randy Orton and Edge both were really good in this promo. They were. Yes. I forgot Charlie Caruso was even in the ring. <laughs> yeah. She's very small. But do you know the the white meme with Angela when she walks up to him and he it bleeps him out? It, I'll I'll send it to you. I'll post it on the Russell Life. I gotta make one. I gotta make one for this situation on Russell Life Radio. I'll, I'll work on that. But <laughs> it's like she snuck up on me. She's like, Edge, do you have anything to say? I was like, Oh crap! Wait, where did you come from? <laughs> What like? <laughs> first of all, why are you saying anything? 
Yeah. Go away, little girl. This is not your place. The... <laughs> I... Did you was... need her at all? No. I didn't even know she was in the ring because no. I was focusing on Edge and Randy Orton. Like, why is she even there? And Randy was very good in this segment. He's so good when he actually tries. Yeah. Edge was good in the segment, as always. Charlie was bad. Uh, she didn't need to be there. They don't need to. I, I would have been perfectly fine if they would have said, I'm challenging you in a wrestling match next week on Raw. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's get it over with. Please. I want to see Edge versus Aleister Black. I want to see some good matches with Edge because he, you know, he's he's up in years. He's had a lot of injuries. I know yeah. he's back and he's cleared, but how long do we really have with him being Edge? He Probably may wrestle for another two years. We may, we may, he may wrestle for another 10 years, but he's not yeah. going to be Edge for another 10 years. Right. Right. Uh, so yeah, move on, man. I don't want to see Edge wrestle another 45 year old. Like, come yeah. on, let's, 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 well, I guess I want to see him wrestle AJ. Um, I don't know. He's 40. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I didn't, I didn't hate it near as much as you did. Uh, again, I don't care as much as you do about Raw. I just kind of enjoyed the show. So, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we're, so, we're different in that respect. So, actually before that, honey, do you want to add anything to this? No. Okay. So, Mike, a grade, grade Raw for me, because mine's going to be significantly lower, I will guess. Uh, I'm assuming yours is going to be an F minus. You can't get much lower no, than that. Not that bad. Uh, I mean, really? Gosh, I'm looking through the matches. Andrade versus Drew was so good. It was. The Rey Mysterio Black match was really good, except for that stupid ending. Right. Uh, the Shayna Baszler was good. Becky Lynch was great, and Oscar was great. That's an all-time great uh, segment for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really good. The DQ was really bad. Baron Corbin was there. That knocks off a letter grade. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think if I'm being truthful on the raw scale, I'd probably give it a B minus. Really? Yeah, I think I would. I think I would. Just an, I, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the show. And again, I fast forwarded through a lot of fluff. So if you factor yeah. in the fluff, maybe it's a C plus. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. I think a C plus. I think I had some moments where I felt like Edge, bewildered. What is happening? Um, maybe even a few uh, Seth Rollins who just stuck his finger in a light socket with the poofy <laughs> hair. And that's, I had a few moments where I felt like that. But there was enjoyable things and there were high points, definite high points. So I'll go with a C plus. This was a Raw that had a lot of good wrestling matches. And my MO, as I've been saying for 104 episodes now, if there's good wrestling on a wrestling show, I can overlook the stupid crap. I can overlook the bad commentary. I can overlook the weird announcing. What I can't overlook is a 20-minute basketball game that's absolutely worthless, that does (laughs) nothing to further the story, that makes an amazing tag team look like absolute doofs, and then makes the other tag team look stupid because they're like, actually, we're better than you, and the other tag team looks dumb. That whole segment did nothing for anybody. It literally drugged down four of the most talented guys on the roster. I, I hated every second of it. I hated Charlie at the end. Why in the world would you say that it's the greatest match ever? What? What in what universe is a 40-something-year-old Edge and a 40-year-old Randy Orton going to put on the greatest match ever? Huh? What is it going to happen? It won't be the greatest match this year. It won't be the greatest WWE match this year. It probably won't be the best match on whatever show that it's on. The saying that it's the greatest match ever is obnoxiously stupid. 
I hated the Seth Rollins ending. It ruined... I, I, I'm going to stop ranting. I'm done. D. This show gets a D. Because of the stupid crap. Cut the stupid crap out and this is a B show. It is. The wrestling was great, guys. You have men and women on this roster. This is why I need a break. You have men and women on this roster that are busting their butts 265 days a year, maybe more, busting their tails to put on a good show for the fans. And the writing is so much garbage, it makes people want to tune out. These guys are working their butts off, and people don't want to watch it because the fluff around them. Is trash. D. D show. Okay. Well, everybody has their opinion. <laughs> I hated it so much. So, ladies and gentlemen, that may have just been the best rant ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, I sign off until Bray Wyatt defeats Braun Strowman, hopefully in a month. I'll be back for the weekend review. Uh, Kyle and Micah will be holding down the fort. We'll have some special guests, including my beautiful wife, Carol, B-Dubs, will be sitting right here. We have some other people that are in the in the pipeline that you guys will have to wait and see who they are there. Uh, but yes, I will return. I will still be on the Double or Nothing review and preview show, and I will also be on my Indie Focuses. Please check them out. I'm working very hard on them, and I'm very proud of them. Uh, and you know what? Hashtag support Indie Wrestling. We need to make sure that these guys and gals have a voice. We need to make sure that we financially support them while they can't wrestle. So if you've listened to an Indie Focus and you're like, man, I really like this guy or I really like this girl, Pro Wrestling Tees, we've all got them. So go check yeah. it out. And I'll tell you, Unholy Isaiah James, who I, we just had this past week, his shirts are awesome. He has one that looks like Slenderman. Really cool. Really cool. Go check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for hanging out with us for this Kyle-less two-hour show. I didn't think that was possible. You can follow us all on Facebook and Instagram at Russell Life Radio and on Twitter at Russell Life Pod. You can follow my beautiful wife, Carol, on multiple things. Tell us about that. Instagram uh, at carolsen, C-A-R-O-L-E-S-E-N-N, and wordpress.com. It's carolsen.wordpress.com. You can also check her out at carolsen on YouTube, and I might even be in one of those videos. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleLifeMatt. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, guys. We legitimately appreciate you. I look forward to hanging out with these goofy guys again after Bray Wyatt defeats Braun Strowman for the WWE title. Because reality is, I ain't watching until it happens. Nope. Sorry. Not happening. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. Ever. <laughs>